Hello, questionable Endeavor Network listener. If you're a current or former fan of wrestling, you should check out the Raw Attitude Podcast, hosted by me, retired professional wrestler Henry Hugepex, the suplex-throwing human duplex. On the show, I chronologically recap episodes of WWE Monday Night Raw from the Attitude Era, a time period where wrestling became more violent, more profane, and more sexual simply because, well, that's what we the fans demanded from the product in the late 1990s. Listen along with me as I revisit the crazy antics of The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Vince McMahon, The Undertaker, Mick Foley, and many more of your childhood favorites. You can subscribe to the Raw Attitude Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or you can listen to each new episode on the Questionable Endeavor Network website, questandnetwork.com. That's the Raw Attitude Podcast, hosted by me, Henry Hugepex, the suplex-throwing human duplex. Oh baby, I like it raw, and I know that you will too. He's supposed to be 325 pounds. My goodness, here he comes. Calls himself Master of Pain. Yeah, that's right. Master of Pain. Because where I've been the last five years, you have to know how to handle pain. And I know it better than anybody. I've been in the Atlanta State Penitentiary. And I'm not ashamed to know it. I went up there on a bad rap because two chum punks jumped me in a parking lot. And now they're pushing up daisies. And let me tell you, Jerry Lawler, Jerry Lawler, whatever you call yourself, it doesn't matter to me. Like I said, names are important where I'm from. But I tell you what, Ricky Morton sent me here, and I'm going to do a job for him. And brother, if you get out alive, you'll be thankful. I'm not going to get out here and scream and holler. Hey, brother, you've had a long and illustrious career. Hey, you can't, you can't say nothing about Dutch Mantel about being brave. But listen, Friday night, it all has to come to an end. I've dealt with you too long. I've toyed with you too long, Dutch. Don't show up, brother, because I'm going to hurt you. Now look, if you're that hard up for money, you better go to McDonald's or somewhere and get a job because you're through in this business and I'm here to see to it. You know, you got smart on me once and sent me away. Well, that's fine. But I'm bigger and badder than I've ever been before and you're going to find out Friday night in Memphis just how big and bad I am. You know, you've always come out here saying, yeah, I taught you everything you know, but I don't teach you everything that I know. But brother, I'm going to teach you some tricks that I learned a long time ago in a place called Atlanta Federal Penitentiary. Now you're gonna put that strap on there and you're not gonna be able to run. Friday night, it all comes to an end, Dutch. Be ready, because you know I'm always ready. Now you put them back to sleep. As long as I can be out there in the ring and, and I'm hanging with the, the Brock Lesnar's, the Kurt Angles, the Triple H's, you know what, if I'm on an equal level as those guys, why should I retire? I still have a lot that I, I, I'm at a point now. Good money too, I'm thinking. Well, yeah, the money's great. I've made my money and, and you know I've done well with all that. Why I wrestle now is because I enjoy this. Plus, it's my turn to start giving back. I mean, you know, I've, uh, we've talked about being the locker room leader, but now I have the ability that I don't have the pressure on me. You know, financially I'm set. I've done everything that there is to do in this business. Now I'm enjoying myself. Plus, I'm taking some of these guys that I think have a lot of potential that really don't know what they're doing yet, and I can hands-on work with these guys. And that's my contribution, contribution 
to continuing the success of our industry. Um, but you know, the biggest, my biggest worry in life, as far as wrestling is concerned, is that I'm in the ring and some father who watched me for years takes his son and he goes, you know son, this is the undertaker here. Boy, I wish you could have seen him win. That means it's time for me to hang it up. <laughs> when, when, when they're saying, you know, and when guys feel, you know, and, and hopefully they would tell me, the guys that I work with and the guys that I wrestle against, hopefully they would tell me, you know what, take, you might need to think about something, you know? Because I would hate to know that anybody ever laid back to protect me, you know? Because that's not what I'm about. So as long as I can go and I can hang with our top guys, I got no reason to leave. Here it is the season finale of season four of the streak, the streak in part. Twenty three and two. Twenty three and two is a good. That is a. Re, I really wish I could retcon all of my openings to say, oh yeah, the season's twenty three and two. That's what it's called. But anyway, you know what it is. It's the Undertaker WrestleMania. It's a New Blood Rising podcast, and we got a an interesting finale here. It's going to be fun to uh, go through the end of well, An era. end question mark. Of the Undertaker at WrestleMania because we all know what happened this past Monday. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I think we're all confused. I think he's confused. I don't think he knows what's going on. But um, I'm William Rankin, joined by Jason Keesler. How's it going, everybody? Charlie Sabile. How y'all doing? Martin, he's got a bum wheel. He's getting it worked out. No, I'm just kidding. No, he's he's working some things out with his knee. So uh, he's not able to join us today. He's got some notes for us with one of the WrestleManias, so that'll be great. He'll be able to chime in. We hope he's feeling better. We're looking forward to working with him again in the future when we get to Season 5. And we'll talk about Season 5 at the end, um, once we wrap up all this stuff with The Undertaker here. So, uh, as you guys know, the New Blood Rising podcast is a part of the Questionable Endeavor Network. You heard the bumper there at the beginning about uh, the Attitude pod. Can't say enough about what Henry's doing. Uh, loved his episode uh, for Survivor Series. Him and um, Lee Cunningham did a great job. Uh, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. It's like a three-hour epic show of Survivor Series and the Raw after. A lot of good stuff there. So, uh, here we are. What are you laughing What's the matter? Sock. Oh, the sock on there is the muff? That's great. What a great... I don't know why to... it just hit me. Yeah, that's hot. <laughs> so, uh, this was weird uh, to go through because the last episode were like the high points. The really good... The, the ones you really remember from The Undertaker's run as being like the... The quote-unquote classics, or you know, everyone has a different name for him. But that run of manias that he did from the mid to late 2000s onward up until well, WrestleMania 30. Mm-hmm. And now we're at this point where we got to tackle the end of it. So, Chuck, I'll uh, I'll, try, I'll start with you beside me here. Um, what were your thoughts coming into this? With uh, you know what's coming with WrestleMania 30, and you know kind of where we're at with these remaining ones, like. I don't know. How'd you feel going into him? Not too good, William. <laughs> uh, this is um, 
This isn't fun. <laughs> this isn't fun for me. Uh, this talking about the streak. It was something that. I really didn't think they were ever going to pull the trigger on and end it. I really didn't. No. And I'm, I still, I still wish they didn't. I, I mean, that's my official stance on it. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's weird because once the streak is over, you know, we kind of thought that might be it for him. Yeah. And then he came back, and it was just all right. Yeah. And then he came back again because everyone else was sick or, or injured. <laughs> <laughs> everyone else stayed home from school. Yeah. And it be- and it just became this thing where you know I we talked about it earlier. There was that one interview that Undertaker did out of character where he said that he never wanted to be a wrestler who a father a father who grew up watching him as a kid would take his own kid to see him, and Taker wouldn't be nearly up to snuff. And he would say something to his kid like, "Oh, you should have seen him yeah. back in back in his prime." Right. And we're getting to that point where, you know, how much does Taker really have left? And what's really the point of, of, of some of these matches? Yeah. Especially post-30. Oh, yeah. So it's it, this is just kind of a, a downer. You know, it's not like... It's kind of like how we ended last season. Probably should have ended with One Night Stand 05. That would have been a perfect capper. Yeah. But we had to end on a downer because life is a, a series of downers. With um, You're wearing your damn shirt. I'm, uh, Empire I'm Strikes wearing Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. That one is a downer. <laughs> uh, but we ended with December to December. So, yeah. Jason, how do you feel, man? Did you How did you feel coming into this pack knowing what we have to tackle here? Well, it was uh, just kind of like, well, we got to finish it. But... On a like an emotional level, it really hit me when I was reviewing the and rewatching 33 because I was at, at just at some point I just hit me. It's like we covered like 26 years of this guy's life in a way, you yeah. know, all in this these little quick snapshots. And it was like what Charlie was saying, what Taker said. I don't want to be someone you say seeing in his prime. And we've essentially watched all the way from him building to his prime to almost a very quick decline um you know the, it is a tremendous roller coaster of just it wasn't like this the best matches happened in the middle of our season and then there's this this downward it's like the best matches happened the next to last episode and then the next three matches that he had or four matches that he had one of them really doesn't mean anything the other two or uh, other two are right and then of course there's 30 um but I mean, it was something it was like I was looking forward to rewatching because I had not watched 30 again yeah. since you and I were watching it at Bailey's. Yeah. Um, and then I hadn't watched this year's or last year's WrestleMania again because it was just so recent. Um, and then going back and watching it after covering all of his other stuff, it was like a, a had a bigger impact on me than I thought it would. I'll say it that. It was hard to watch 33. Uh, again, it really was uh, for me too. Just because we had watched thirty three together, yeah, uh, live, all and ten hours of it. Y- y- yeah, yeah, it's so five fun. hours and two minutes. I think yeah. it hits the network on. Yeah, and I remember that day. Yeah. I think we recorded that day. Yeah, that was a long day for us. Yeah, and by the time we get to that match, because it closed the show. Well, well, here's the other thing too. It was five hours, but it was really seven hours because yeah. the pre-show was started at five or something. Yeah. Uh, oh God. Austin Aries bringing down the 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 dust crowd. <laughs> so, all right. Well, then let's uh, let's just dig into it, and we'll count. We'll cover some of those emotional points real quick here, because we're starting off with the night after WrestleMania 29, uh, the CM Punk match. So this was actually interesting. The following night on Raw, the Undertaker came out to pay his respects to Paul Bearer. 
but was interrupted by the Shield, who attempted to attack Undertaker before Kane and Daniel Bryan made the save. Undertaker wrestled then his first Raw match in three years on April 22nd, teaming with Kane and Bryan against the Shield in a losing effort. Four days later, he wrestled his first SmackDown match in three years, defeating Shield member Dean Ambrose by submission. Afterward, Undertaker was attacked by Ambrose and the rest of the Shield, who performed a triple powerbomb through the broadcast table on him. So... I, just real quick, I that that Shield match they have is awesome. It is a great match. There is so much. It is a perfect like night after WrestleMania. Like, well, I, well, I guess it wasn't necessarily the um, it wasn't the night after. Then I guess is when they wrestled it. But still, like coming off that post Mania, like that was. I remember watching that because there's that image of all three of them doing the fist right. in the air, which is really really cool. But, yeah, that was neat to see him actually wrestle the night after Mania instead of just dipping out. Because, remember, in that CM Punk podcast, he's like, who's going to be there the night after Raw? Meaning it would be him. Well, actually, you weren't, but The Undertaker actually was. But anyway. um, On February 24th, then, 2014, The Undertaker returned to confront Brock Lesnar and accepted his challenge for a match at WrestleMania 30. So... And what's that's the thing that's gonna be funny. There's gonna be fewer and fewer fewer notes in between these matches because there just isn't as much Taker on the shows. But remember, this was that typical setup where you have a guy. In this case, it's Lesnar who comes out because remember he had destroyed the Big Show, and uh, I think it was either a Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber. I think it was a Rumble though. Brock. Yeah, he had killed him with like 80 chair shots. Oh yeah. Like he had just beaten the tar out. Oh, that's right. And it really set him up again to be this monster. And it was this typical promo where it's like, I've beaten everybody. You know, who's going to... Anybody, anytime you come out and say you've beaten everybody, somebody's going to step up. And in this case, it was old Mark. Old Mark here coming out to play. Which was neat because the first thing I thought of was like, great. We can see Taker and him kind of pick up where that feud left off in 02. So... It sets up this interesting match, and I'll tell you, I remember the Raws leading up to this where Undertaker seemed to have the upper hand on Lesnar the whole time until the one before, the, I think it was the go-home where Lesnar F5'd him and yeah. left and left Taker kind of in a heap. But uh, enough of me, it's up for now Jason to take it on here. Um, cool video package, wouldn't you say, man? Pretty cool. Yeah, it was. One thing you forgot about the... Uh the buildup between Taker and Brock was the contract signing where Taker stabbed Brock in the hand with a pin. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I just remember seeing that going, like, shit, you know, like, because it was. It, it was the one thing that wasn't the same from all the other Taker buildups leading up to Mania, of course, with the exception of Punk's, just because Paul Bearer passed away. But this was something different. This was, like, a very aggressive Taker. Um, and I just remember, like, Brock's scream. When he did that, I was like, wow, that's the best-selling Brock's ever done and has since. Um, but, yeah, we're coming up. We get WrestleMania 30. That was a really good opening video because um, that was the week of April 6, 2014. The number one movie in the in America, anyway, was Captain America 2. Um, so we're getting back. You know, we're going to get into the point where it's going to be real superhero heavy on this list here. Uh, the number one song in the U.S. was Pharrell's Happy. Uh, oh, and then, <laughs> uh, so, oh, gee, I'm out. 
Which, I guess there you're not. You're not. I hate that not fucking too, song. Not too happy, are you? <laughs> no. I, I had somebody play me that once. I go, what do you think of this? I, go, I think it sucks. I think it's dog shit. <laughs> it's good. People aren't going to have to go too far into this episode to get the groan to play when Stephanie just gets entered in the rumble right. tonight. The Weird Al parody was good. I remember the yeah, Weird Al. Tacky. Tacky was really good. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Then the number one song in the UK, face turn for the UK, was Aloe Black's The Man. I love Aloe Black. The Man's a good song. My favorite song by him is I Need a Dollar, but Aloe Black's some really good stuff. Uh, but yes, here we go. Back to the the big point. The video package. We get faux Freddie Blassie to narrate this video. Is it... It just sounded like I was like, wait, Freddie Blassie's been dead. This guy's doing a pretty good impression. Uh, he's, like, big he's, line... he's like Jigsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought he died. <laughs> it's like, nope, it's like, I love when they do that in these, because I just saw the last Saw movie. I love when they do this, because it's like, you know there's like four other Jigsaws. Like It's not like it goes from Saw 3 to Saw 8. Like 4, 5, and 6, it's like three different people. Fucking A. Would be great if the, the WWE version of Saw was Freddie Blassie is Jigsaw. <laughs> Just a little puppet that's got like a cane and a Hawaiian shirt in it. Oh. Oh, Jesus. Instead of that quasi cool like intro music that Saw has, it's just Jim Johnson's The End Is Near. Just all the time. Oh, yeah. That's, fun. <laughs> oh. that's good. But uh, Paul Heyman had some great lines in this build up yeah. because it's oh, 21 and yeah. 1. And the smallest number becomes the biggest number. Like, Jesus Christ. He, he makes it's this. It's gold. He really does make this match in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. He sells it. He's, it's, he's he's a promoter. Spoiler, he's so good at his job. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like He instantly, last. The I watched beast. the takeover last night, and it's in Philly. And Heyman does the opening video package. And when really? Heyman pops up on the video package, like you hear that crowd go berserk. Do they do and ECW? It, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. and like That's it just set question. the pace and that crowd was ready. Um, but, you know, you get Brock's entrance and when you're such a scary looking individual <laughs> that your special mania, WrestleMania entrance is just you in a beanie, you know you're a bad motherfucker. And so it's like he's Brock, he's huge, he's fucking scary and he's just wearing that fucking beanie walking down the ring with Heyman just bouncing beside him. Um, and I've noticed um, going back and listening to our podcast, we seem to have a, each one of us will pick up on a theme to bitch about the whole, like, this seems to pop up. And for some reason, JBL really hit me this time. Good. Uh, yeah. Cause it, yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. I, I can't stand it. What, um, what did he do that pissed you off? Because I actually don't think I have any notes for him the, the whole episode. Have, so we'll, we'll be going through the night. But, uh, this is kind of a sandwich one. JBL lists all of Brock's accolades and then says they don't mean shit if he breaks the streak. And he's talking like his non-professional wrestling accolades, too. You know, like his being undefeated in high school, um, his collegiate national championship, his UFC run, you know, stuff. And, and then just goes, none of that means shit if he breaks the streak. Um, I, I just, I don't know. that Like, that immediately irked me enough to start paying like for whatever like half of what JBL says over these next few matches just really really grates my nerve um I just want coming out when it's time for the Undertaker I really want to know what the dry ice budget is <laughs> for the WWE because some of the these next this set of entrances with the exception of one his fog is so fucking thick 
Um, and when he's coming down the ramp in this one, you can hear a stagehand yelling, out of the way, out of the way, out of the way. And I was wondering what. And then Taker, because he stopped, and then he takes two or three more steps forward, then turns around to do the pose to set the coffin of fire. So I think that's what that was for. They're like, you're too close. You're going to get burnt again you guys, if you don't get out. You guys it. noticed when they were going through the coffins, the CM Punk one, they're like, oh, quick, quick. Don't, don't show too much of it. Chris, remember what? He never, he never existed. <laughs> And then the crowd, like that, that entrance was so for the TV audience. Yeah, and it really was. Because <laughs> um, part of me, I remembered, I, you know, when you you remember something wrong, I remember Brock's casket standing up, and opening up, and then catching on fire. Because then where people could see it, because that dry ice was so thick, I was like, these people can't see this shit. They're just like, oh, cool, whatever he's doing. Um, they shut, you know, they cut the Brock's face during the lineup of all the coffins and Brock just looks so unimpressed. Like he just got that Brock, like I'm here to cash a check look. Um, and then after the Brock Lesnar coffin gets set on fire though, it cuts to Brock and he does look a little freaked out. I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know what to think about voodoo taker. What do <laughs> you guys think about that with his trend goatee, the really bedazzled jacket? I hate it. See, th I, this I don't is, like it. At this all. is the action figure I have. It's this one, and it's it's not a, it's not my favorite Undertaker. No, I I'm, this is my least favorite of his looks as growing out that thing because I don't mind him with the because I liked him at 28 and 29 with the shaved head. I just can't see on the goatee. It oh, just yeah. looks. It's like grow up. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Get a job. <laughs> does look like he's fresh after hunting down Jesse Custer. Fair. But, uh, <laughs> the best part is Voodoo Taker's been getting some sun. Because this is the tannest I think we've seen. Him. Yeah, but it makes him look older. He looks he fat looks, as He hell. looks older here than he does in, in any of the next WrestleManias. Yeah, he, he has not been working out. I love these. He's been working top, in because like he's back to the like. Because I was trying to remember like he shifted back to the tights because he came back. Remember when he first came back as Dead Man, he had on the leather pants. Because right. we were like, dude, you didn't yeah, change it right for twenty. And then now like he's at the point where it's like, dude, you need to go back to this because. The midsection ain't looking too good in them tights. <laughs> They're not. No. It's like, pull the pants up a little bit more. Works for Mark Hamill. <laughs> Mark Camel is what it is. Taker's taking the Kylo Ren challenge. He's pulling them pants all the way up. Um, where's Han? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Swagger, where's Han? Uh, I didn't see the last one. What? <laughs> oh, no. Why would you skip it? Yeah. I heard it was like episode four. I just went to the next one. <laughs> Figure why bother. Man, you like the Mewok specials? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, Jay. Go ahead. Oh, it's all right. Um, I got all those droid cartoons on DVD. Um, <laughs> the, uh... The first belly-to-belly -belly that Brock gives Taker, which is really early in this match, is that the one that concusses him? I think this will be a good talking point, but um, I don't, me personally, I don't think so. And I don't think, here's a, let me caveat, I don't think anybody knows. Everybody who thinks they know is just somebody who has just, a, like all of us, an opinion. WWE never came out and said, everybody has evidence that supports their theory is what I've come to believe. Because I think the yeah. other bump you're going to talk about is the one on the outside, right? No, uh, this 
the the this one the reason why this I, I watched it a couple times is because when Brock does the belly to belly he does an overhead belly to belly, and Taker doesn't get o that over that much, and lands like on it looks like he lands like on the right or, or sorry left temple, like just that's what makes contact first. That's why I thought and plus that look he just has like that, you know the not selling it's way too early in the match for punch for sorry punch drunk Taker to come out but he's got that yeah he's got that look in his eyes so i don't know i mean like i know everyone's got their their theories that's why i was just asking because that just looked pretty no, it's a good point it's an it's interesting because i i personally think it comes to me the the worst because it could be one of the things like i don't understand how the the head works in these things and then again like the cte thing shows it basically not as many people know that they think they do um but no i i think the bump that really screws him up comes later because there's definitely after that he is he does not seem like he can do anything. It seems like though Jason wouldn't you agree he he seems to function oh excuse me fairly okay even after excuse me again that belly to belly that he yeah. takes. He does cuz shortly after that is a the over the ropes land on the feet spot. Right. Cuz right. but it's still cuz it's just like oh but I mean I wasn't sure cuz you know I, I if you've ever been in a rack or, you know, play any high school sports or anything, you can get knocked and be okay for a little bit, and then it catches up to you within a few minutes. Um, that's why I just don't, you know, I've never been a professional wrestler at that level. Um, but you have Showtime. What's happened to you when you got knocked in the head? Um, I but, did get I did get concussed once. I did. I, had a, I was in a battle royal, and I remember I hooked this guy's leg, and I was like, give me an enziguri. And he's like... <laughs> That's for an enziguri. Because like I, I caught this guy's leg, and I said, "Give me an enziguri." I was like, and it was this, it was this man. This black guy was in great shape. He looked he awesome. Like he could do it. Yeah, man. But he, and he was a Cajun, so like he, it was hard to understand him. And he just kept saying, "I can't do that. <laughs> can't do it." And I was like, "All right, fuck it." So I swept, I swept his leg out, and I put him in a sharpshooter. Well, little I know, these two other guys saw me do that, and they kind of looked at each other, and they you got concertoed, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. They, dub they double kicked me in the head, and my bell rang, and I remember. Like, I just felt like I just, it, it, you know, the easiest thing I can explain is like, I just felt like the reset button got hit, and I was like, it's like I just woke up from like a long nap, is the way it felt. And I rolled out of the ring, I was like, under the ropes, still in. <laughs> <laughs> he still had the wherewithal, that's instinct, Michael. Because we were booked to be in the, the last team in with the people who were going to win, so I was like, I, you know, I just got to collect myself, <laughs> I'll be right with you. <laughs> So yeah, I gotta, I gotta get my affairs in order. But I remember after that, like I, I was fine. I was able to function through the rest of the match. But I can tell you, if I took another bump, like another head bump like that, could have been some trouble. I don't know. So that's my two cents. Gotcha. Well, way to be a great ring general. Um, it was it was weird watching the Undertaker work a body part. Yes, he the arm too. His left arm. <laughs> Yeah, is he setting up for the taker care of business? Yeah, the taker, the TCB baby. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> like, I was like, what the hell is a uh, taker? <laughs> yeah, like, what what was that? Was it the, just a, a version of the Hell's Gate or what? Well, the taker the dragon business was a dragon sleeper. Oh, the dragon sleeper. Okay. But still, hey, I mean, I mean, look, man, hey, he could have been setting up for. It. We don't know. I mean, we don't know what's up. the repertoire of the Undertaker. You want another? He's got eighty gimmick matches. 60 signatures. <laughs> Four and, I mean, God dang. 
He's like, man, I'm going for that. I like what that Del Rio kid's been doing. Destiny! <laughs> He's the Grim Reaper that has MMA skills. He took on my dry ice barrel. <laughs> they told me I couldn't rent the Ferrari because we had to get you the entrance, man. Um, but when, when we were talking about Taker's appearance, and even through the last few matches, like I know the the shaved head and stuff didn't bother me, but the faux hawk and the goatee, it really hits me why I'm not a fan of this look while I was watching it is because he looks just like another dude in a tough man contest. He doesn't look like the Undertaker. Yeah, that's a good point. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Like with the 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 tan like the kind of sunburnt tan, the sunspot showing, the, the the eyeliner, all this stuff. It just really it just doesn't mesh. Um hmm. during a good chunk of this match, the crowd is really meh. Yeah. Like, well, that was me at home watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like. I mean, we were thinking about it, like, because you know, it's so different when you watch in a group like that. Bailey's was a little bit of buzz, but because there were so many people. Right. But and like we were excited, but this was just it felt so uh at, at, during a lot of it. Um, and then when Taker hits that DDT, then people start going, oh, here we go. Right. Finally. And Jason, real quick, you know, people talk about, and like a lot of the excuse people give with domes is that, oh, well, the... The acoustics are bad. And I'm like, wrong. Daniel Bryan winning that night, you heard that. You heard that. So that excuse doesn't fly. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. No, and you can see people. Like, yes. When you're seeing people sitting down... You can't say, "Oh, it's because their their cheers are going up." No, they're really cheers. concerned. Everyone, everyone looks really concerned. Like, yeah. oh my god, he's gonna kill that old man. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Simpsons meme: "Stop, stop, he's already dead." Um, but during this point, uh, you know, luckily we get to go to the crowd because a chick in the front row she holds up an Australian flag, and it's a big ass flag. And it's so big, the guy next to her is having to lean over to see around it, you know, to watch The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. And he turns around and shoots this chick a fucking look. And I thought we were going to have another WrestleMania 9 knife fight out in the crowd. They're related. That'd be awesome. Fuck you, George Miller. It's the next installment of that fight. (laughs) (laughs) Florida man, son against Australian chick. There we go. Um, But... You know, typical Brock Lesnar match, he gets more pink as the match goes on, so I'm just going to refer to him as the pink bastard for a little Sin City pop. Um, He hits that F5, and people finally go, oh, here we go. Um, The second F5, or no, no, sorry, the second Hell's Gate. The The second Hell's Gate. Yeah. Even to say it out loud sounds ridiculous. Jason, Jason, whenever, this is, I noticed it this time. And I've noticed, I guess I've noticed it every time with Brock is locked in a submission hold. He likes to be like, here's my hand. Maybe I'll tap out. And he does it like, huh, 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 huh. And I'm like, you're Brock Lesnar. You don't do that. Right. What are you doing? Like, it it, it just looks so hokey and phony. I bet Amanda loves it. You know, like, well, because when you talk about, like, why do they always kick their legs? Oh, yeah. Like, right. like, what is he doing? It, it just looks so phony every time he does that. I'm sorry, Jason. I, I, whatever. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, you guys are all over me. It's fine. <laughs> but the cool thing is, is Undertaker's second Hell's Gate looks weak as a Cena FT, STFU. Like, Brock's not even in that. Yeah. Like, it literally just looks like Taker molded his arms and Brock put his head in it. 
and he sat there with it. Yeah, it doesn't look good. I don't think he knows the how old... to do the move most of the time. Like no, Charlie no, said. Taker, he, he he's getting forgetful in his <laughs> he old age. He doesn't understand. I think the arm move. goes here on the leg. And, oh, fuck, just just rest your head. <laughs> just put it in here. Come on. Come on, rest your chin on my balls. It's fine. We were on man. Uh, the old school looked like shit. Like, Taker's, like, half hunched over. And luckily, Brock just pulls him down for another F5. That's so cool. Uh, That's a yeah, great spot. Then Brock, Brock stupidly goes up to set himself up for the last ride. Like, why oh. Brock Lesnar doing a 10 count? We're at Brock Lesnar's 10 count punch. <laughs> and it's true. Like, this this ahead, is dude. before Suplex City. Yeah. So, you know, this is before Brock's moveset turned into someone just going through WWE 2K and putting, like, a suplex on every fucking I am fucking really glad you made that point because that's something I, I wanted forgot to about as that. well. His moveset, he's a different wrestler in this match than he will be after SummerSlam. Right. Yep. And the last ride is pretty Oof. shitty looking. Um, it's <laughs> like a little drive to the mailbox. <laughs> and, and, then the tombstone also. Oh looks man! Bad. His head's up to his belly button. Yeah, and then the uh, third F five, you get the one, two, three, and it is the loudest gasp I've ever heard. Like you just hear everyone. Like anyone who had a hat that was loosely fitted was probably sucked off their head in that arena. I remember at Bailey's, like everyone went one, two, and you know you're waiting on the no, and then everyone three, and I remember you and Will I, you and I looked at each other. Well, and I, I, you said to me immediately, you're like, did someone fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> That's what, I, like, it, like, did someone fuck up? Because, it, you know, this isn't supposed to happen. Right. And you, it cuts through all the crowd reactions. You get the Ellis Macbeth face shot. Because some of the people look confused. Some of the people look shocked. And, and, with, and over the next minute, it starts to sink in. And by it, I mean disappointment. Because you start hearing a lot of bullshit chants. Um, they like to tell you. I'm surprised they didn't go back and edit it because they love to tell you how everyone was just like, "Oh my God, Brock Lesnar beat Taker! Wow, look at Brock Lesnar all worshiping no. now." It was, no, it wasn't like that at all. Um, they start cutting to for more crowd reaction shots, and you're seeing people. Uh, you're not seeing, not, not seeing disbelief. You're seeing you're seeing a lot of disappointment. Like the, there was that one lady clearly where she's shaking her head. And she's like, "No, like she's just refusing to believe it." Not my like, cannon. No. She looks like she's like four cocktails in too. Like she's like really into. This is officially cocks. the extended universe. <laughs> <laughs> no, this ain't this ain't my streak. This ain't. <laughs> Did Rain Johnson direct this match? What? <laughs> <laughs> then when Lesnar's music finally starts playing. The crowd kind of starts. I mean, they're still booing. Like now, they're they're booing to go. Oh no, boo, boo! Not like bullshit, boo! And then here we go. Here comes JBL. It's like because this is a big moment. The the streak was broken. You know, 21 and one. Here it is. The smallest number is the biggest. And JBL comes ruin it like he's been doing all the fucking match with this very slow, slow Owen voice commentary. Uh -huh. He's greatest gladiator I've ever had the honor of witnessing. Husband to a murdered wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to do a gladiator. Okay. Um, the He's, my God, what a man. And I, I don't want to get ranty with it, but JBL really fucks this thing up because all match, he keeps like trying to force this king of the jungle shit. On Taker? Yeah, where did that come like, from? Did that... Yeah. 
like the, where, where does it come from? They keep trying. Then Cole picks up on it. He starts off. Oh, it's like the lion leading the pride when the young lions come. Like just like it's like they both watch Lion King on the way to the fucking arena or something that day. Well, that's recycled commentary from Jericho and Michaels. It's yeah. the same exact thing. But that worked because he was the lion yeah. heart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then so. yeah, if you're a deep cut if wrestling deep fan. Cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then JBL just, here he goes. He just shits. This is the greatest accomplishment of Brock Lesnar's life. You know, fuck his kids. Fuck his real-life accolations. He, he beat the taker. And it's, JBL's so bad about ruining moments by trying to force himself into it. And it, it, it I, I hate it. And 75,000 people stand up and clant and, and chat, thank you, taker. And he retires, and our show's over, right? <laughs> oh, no, wait. No, no, it doesn't. I, I give this a six and a half out of ten. That's not bad, man. That's actually pretty strong. Charles, go into it, man. Well, let me write Jason's score. Holy shit. Um, okay. I like. We have to point this out because this this WrestleMania was a gamble because we didn't know if we were going to be able to finish watching it. I remember this was the first WWE Network WrestleMania. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. We were lucky to still watch it on a. Yeah. We were at a oh, you're watching on pay per view. Yeah, because this. Yeah. I think. I don't remember. Was that the last one that was on pay-per-view? The yeah, last it was pay-per-view? The, last, the last time we went to Baylor. Oh, yeah, because yeah, they still have it on pay-per-view. They, they still do the big four on, on most pay-per-view. Oh, uh, do they? Yeah, but that's I it. I didn't know that. Okay. Be- because they, they got pissed about WWE pulling this stunt. So, yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking of, like, if, if the internet connection might go out. Because they, they hadn't even had the previous pay-per-view on the network. Right. This was the first pay-per-view. And, you know, that's significant. Did it hold up for you? Well, I didn't watch it live, and I'll, oh, I'll get okay. to that in a second because I, I didn't want to take a chance. Oh, okay, I got. But you. Uh, I, I like the commentary that pointed out. I don't remember who said it, but they pointed out that the Undertaker, he has beaten so many guys in, for the streak. He's actually beaten the entirety of Evolution, <laughs> and it's within like six years. Yeah, you're <laughs> looking at the WrestleManias. Remember what we said? Yeah, one guy three times. One guy three times. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, the, yeah, because they pop up later on another. I, they go, they start bringing them out. Because I, th- I don't remember if it's this or not. He goes, he's beat Shawn Michaels twice, and he beat Triple H, and then they trail <laughs> off because, he, <laughs> because he's beaten him three times. Why are they? Yeah, why are they refusing to acknowledge their own history? I hate that. Um, we always heard that he got concussed early. Yeah, and I was, you know, like like Jason pointed out, Suplex City wasn't a thing yet. I was expecting it to be a German suplex. Yeah, me too. And then I saw that overhead belly to belly, and I was like, "Oh Jesus!" And I rewound it and looked at it again. It's not—I can't—I couldn't tell yeah. what exactly had happened. I honestly have no idea when he got concussed. Of course, maybe it's all bullshit, and maybe he never got concussed because this is the information that got leaked by WWE. Right? Because that because then there's you have to rope in that twenty that WWE twenty four where it shows him. Yeah. Going, back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, and that's what I think of every time Taker walks to the back at the end. Uh, the commentary. Is sleep-inducing. It is so bad. I, it, I didn't write a single thing that they said, with the exception of the evolution thing, because it's all pretty much just spoken at this level, where they're all just kind of contemplative on Undertaker's career. And you're listening to the WrestleMania on NPR. Yeah, that's what it. That's what it feels like. It feels like I'm watching golf. You know, with the way they're commentating right, this match, right, and right. there's no passion yeah. behind their words, which is probably why not, nothing they really say is memorable. I really like. The Hell's Gate into the Kimura Lock. 
Okay, was that the that was? I think that's the first. That's one. the first one because the second one is the devastating power bomb. Right. Which. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you get that one. Uh, and then I, I believe Taker. He does the Kamara lock too, and then Brock reverses it or something. Yeah, they it's trade. some weird thing. It's a really cool oh, man, I spot. I do this. Yeah, <laughs> hey, this ain't bad. <laughs> you know, goddamn, take her and care of business. <laughs> uh, this the screaming that they both do. Like, we always talk about Undertaker's screaming, and I will definitely later. But we don't. Brock Lesnar's screaming is just as bad, if not worse. Ah! It's always like that. Taker's kind of long and drawn out. Brock's just. Ah! Ah! <laughs> it just, it just <laughs> sounds cartoon character. It sounds weird coming out of him. And just like, look at this guy. Look at this monster. And then you listen. Ah! <laughs> it just kind of takes it away. I love the old school into the F5. Brock, he is so strong. He doesn't quite have him at first. He's like, ah, the hell with it. And he kind of does this kind of just mocking laugh. When he's got it, like, yeah, woo and just spins him. It's great. Um, it, it was after that second F5 that I really took a, a hard look at Taker. And and I, no matter what, I think he's gone here. He, If the concussion thing is real, he it doesn't look like there's anything going on behind those eyes. The 10-count punch is ridiculous, of, of course, especially coming from Brock Lesnar. It's amazing. There needs to be a compilation video of everyone that you would never expect to do a 10-count punch doing it. Right. Because Brock Lesnar's got to be at the top. Because I don't think I've ever seen him do one to anybody. anyone else. Imagine him doing it to Dean Ambrose. He's like, All right, I'm, I'm going to give you some, some business here. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else we got? So, the fun. Okay, so the way that this worked for me, I was watching this. Um, I guess early Monday morning, like at 1 a.m. after I, after I got off work or something, and I was bored by the match. I was pretty bored. I had my phone in my hand. I remember, and that third F5 hit, and I looked up and I looked right back down at my phone, and I heard the mat hit three times. I didn't even see it. I heard it, and and I looked up, and I just kind of the phone. I'm not kidding. It was very dramatic. The phone just kind of fell out of my hand. And the way I reacted was very similar to the crowd in that it didn't really seem like people believed it until it was announced. Like, not even the music. Here is your winner, Brock Lesnar. You hear a different sound in the audience. Like, because I thought it was a mistake. Yeah, in your I thought mind, they were going to restart like, the match. Yeah, I know. You're, you're going through your mind of all the things in wrestling that are, the, all the things we always see that make a match restart. And you're like... There's no, nothing. But there's nothing that happened. Nothing Aiden didn't, didn't do anything. I rewound it. Yeah. I looked at it again. I was like, uh... Um, and then I start like, trying to work it out in my head. Well, well, maybe he cheated at some point before, and, and I missed it, and they're going to go, Hey! Yeah. You know, you know, the Jeopardy judges say that uh, it was gangsta's parent, if not gangster. You know, it's like some instance like that. <laughs> and, and, which actually happened a couple weeks ago. Um, so that ends. Uh, Michael Cole has probably... Maybe my favorite call of his ever. It's very simple. It's just the streak is over. Because you could tell. Because you can tell they had no idea. Well, I'll get into that themselves. in a second. Um, the the <laughs> there are things that you just expect WWE Network to edit out, and they didn't do it. Uh, there is there is <laughs> Undertaker's kind of slowly starting to get up after it's all said and done, and the crowd's just. No, it's just wonderful. Then there's this just loud and audible, You suck! <laughs> and I remember it live, and I got so, or at least when I was watching it that, that first time, I got so angry. <laughs> I did, because I'm like, You ruined it! You ruined the moment! 
<laughs> but it's funny. Taker doesn't sell it. That's why I thought it'd be easy to edit this out because Taker doesn't even acknowledge it. Then there's this loud. I think I, I bet it's the same guy, but you just hear this boom. <laughs> I like to think it was Damien Demento. <laughs> he came back. Uh, the commentators, they keep doing this shit. It's so uncalled for. They keep saying end of an era. Yeah. This is an end of an era. How many eras have, has Undertaker did he, ended? Did he restart one, two years after <laughs> the last one? What about first blow with Austin? Is yeah. it like that, that ended? <laughs> how, many, how many eras? How many eras are there? This is fucking ridiculous. Um, so the the... the the referee. I remember there were a lot of rumors. You know, the referees are taught to count to three no matter what. Like, that's pretty much it. There were rumors going around that not even that referee knew that mm -hmm. the taker wasn't going to kick out. You know, because that's always been the story since then. Who knew and who didn't know? Right. Did, did Paul Heyman even know? Right. Because his, his expression... It's clear Brock knew. It seems like Brock definitely knew. And I, he agreed to I, it. I'll take a step further, man. I think now the, the, the debate has always is now changed to who decided. Well, I think from what I heard, it was Vince. Vince, right. Vince said we need... The story is... Because you don't know where this stuff's coming from. But the story is that Vince at, told Taker that this is what we need. I need you to do this, and Taker, we've who we've always heard has basically final say. He has final cut over his WrestleMania endings. He approved it. A because I think him and Brock are I don't know if they're friends, but there's a mutual respect there. But B, uh, it, it seems legitimate that a guy like Brock Lesnar, of course it is, that he could beat The Undertaker. I like this idea that the referee possibly didn't know. He skedaddles. He gets, he's like Earl going to Dave at Survivor Series 97. So he probably thinks like, there's a problem. Oh, I think and I screwed I'm, up. I, yeah, I'm, I think I just screwed up. Gotta get a flight out of here. Well, well it's amazing <laughs> because you know, the bell rings... There's all this confusion. The music doesn't start for like a, right. a, a 90 seconds. Yeah. And everyone's just trying to figure it out. I love uh, the black guy in the front row. He was It was an instantly recognizable face that he made. And I didn't notice it until this time watching it that he was cheering for Brock the whole time. That's the guy Jason named off. Jason, what's that guy's name again? Like Elmas Mabeth or something. Yeah. I, I, sorry if I mispronounced it. but yeah. 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 He's awesome. He told a story, I read it a few years ago, that the guy sitting next to him about a minute after that incident happened showed him a picture of himself on his phone that had already been screen capped, and the guy knew instantly. He's like, ah, oh, crap. I just went viral. Like, he, he knew it, because the face is unforgettable. Yeah, of course, you know, who wouldn't mind was Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar guy who barely yeah. gets a, a, like, any kind. He's a, he's not even in his normal section. Right. He's over by, like, the Spanish announce table as opposed to the entrance. Hate that guy. I'm, I'm, I, you can see him, but he, he doesn't do that that pandering stuff that he usually does. Or, or like, no, the face you just made. No, the worst thing he does is, like, when a guy's about to hit another guy with a chair outside and you see him, like, do this. Yeah, he's yeah, just he's so right, animated. Right, I hate right. that fucking guy. Right. But yeah, everyone else, like I love all all those faces are like etched in my brain. Like I love the guy doing this. Yeah. With his hands guy. on top yeah. of his head. I mean, this was just so shocking. And and yes, the WrestleMania does have a wonderful ending. But this really was a damp, uh, a damper. It was a down ending. It was hard to recover from this. Yeah. To go into um, like like the greatest high of Shawn versus uh, Undertaker at twenty five and. How can you top that? Everything else is boring compared to this. It was the exact opposite here. It was just, uh, I just don't want to watch this anymore. Right. And that's the way I felt. Uh, the match, 
I'll be honest. I, I I'm not a I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think it's terrible. I still don't even know if this was the the right thing to do. Even though we talked about this off air, I do love how they how they booked Brock after this because it was the only way you could do it. Yeah. As SummerSlam showed. Unfortunately, when Undertaker came back for Revenge a year and a half later, those two matches that he had with Brock. I love those matches. Yeah. Those are way better than this match. Yeah. Especially the SummerSlam match. Those are so good. And it sucks because it's a trilogy. Uh, and we didn't. We never thought Taker would get revenge, which he did, but then he lost again. But it didn't matter. Right. It sucks that this is the worst match that they had out of this trilogy was the, the WrestleMania 30 match. But uh, if I had to rate it, yeah, it's, it's a five. Okay. I'll try and go through mine quickly because we've almost done 45 minutes on just this match. <laughs> That's okay. Well, it's, it's really the most important it one. It is the most important one, no doubt about it. Um, my whole thing when I was watching, because I was waiting, I wanted to see, all right, everyone says he gets concussed early. I was like, all right, all right. And I saw the belly to belly. I saw the move on the outside where like he catches the foot and it's just like, eat it. And his head hits the, the ground. And I it forgot looks like, all about that spot. It's such a fuck you. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, and, and he does have move. this weird recoil. The... And the thing is, like, you can get concussed, but I think, like, the real head injury or neck injury that comes into play that really screws him up, it's that second Hell's Gate when he lifts him. Oh, yes. They replay it, too. The whiplash on his head is severe, and he never seems the same after that point because after that moment is when you get that that old school that looks dreadful. Like, he looks like he's intoxicated walking the top rope. Like, he could just fall at any moment like Hawk off the Titantron. And... (laughs) Then, and then that tombstone where it's like he he doesn't trust himself hmm. is what it appears yep. from just the from my end. That's what it looked like. He just didn't trust himself. That's why his, Brock's head is so woefully off, like way off the ground. That's how you tombstone your kids. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I did like Jason your point about like the, when it comes to we. I think the Suplex City thing has thrown us off to where like now we think of like all of modern or say modern Lesnar. You know Ever since I mean. he came back and fought right John Cena at that, Extreme like, Rules, he, yeah. he wrestled a very slow, deliberate style in those matches with Cena, Triple H, and even to Punk. a degree with Punk. And it wasn't until after this match, and then it wasn't until I guess really after SummerSlam where it's like he picks it up and he starts getting like this. Dude, once he starts German, you start getting the Germans, man. That's when, and it, and it what was cool was I think the crowds, crowds also started to come alive a lot more for Lesnar matches after that. This match is so slow and deliberate. Yeah. And That's it's, why I zoned out. And it's and it's tough because like I'm like I don't I, I can't say I hate it, but I can't say I love it either. It's just kind of in the zone. But yeah, I I I love I have come to love the ending of this only because I love that people were shocked, legitimately shocked. Everybody knows everything about wrestling. Everybody's a know-it-all. Right. And it's awesome to see people like, "Oh, they, I didn't see that coming." Well, real quick, uh, we we we've, we've we've seen it. These close pinfalls, like the the super kick into the pedigree, and right. the crowd is all stands up and they're they're counting and oh god, hardly anyone is standing. Right. On that third F5. It doesn't have that, oh my god, the streak's going to be broken moment. It just feels like another cover. And that's what's so shocking about it. Yeah. Is that it's very deflating. You know, it's not even, uh, yeah, it's not even Sean hitting a super kick at 25. Because I'm willing, I'm trying to think, and you guys have to help me here. I don't remember many guys who kicked out of two F5s uh, from Brock Lesnar. Even going back to when he first came in. probably never happened. 
So, by, so for everyone to be sort of just like, oh, he'll kick out of a third one. It's like, dude, nobody's kicked out of two. You're telling me, like, I mean, yeah. I know Mark has uh, got a little bit of resilient blood here in the WrestleMania, but it, th- that's what sucks. Though. Like, so the 2002 feud, they had great matches then. Oh, what the one of the best Hell in a Cell matches ever. This is the only match of theirs that I've seen that I don't really care for. Yeah, this is the only one. All the other ones are at least really good. I really like the look on Lesnar's face afterwards. Like he's I laughing. fucking did it. <laughs> That's I a heel. Did it. I love the look on his face. Heyman cell. Oh my god! Is so good. I mean, I. I really like the thing he didn't know. Yeah, I, I I have come to like that Lesnar was the one to do it only because they did something with it. Now they we did. can talk about somebody else who got a win and what they've done with him since because we're living in it. We're in it right now. We can judge whether or not for the it's, foreseeable future. Right. We can we can debate whether it's done anything for that guy, but for Brock, it did it it did a ton for him. I I've come to feel like if you were going to do it, this was. This ended up being the best. Obviously, if they had done it with Punk, who knows if he still would have even been around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the bummer. Is like you know I, I would have loved Punk to do it, but this makes sense. I'm gonna go with a, a six. I I'm gonna go with just uh, I'm gonna leave mine at a six for a rating on that. So wow. There we go. 25 minutes, 12 seconds, by the way, was the length on that Jesus. match. And it feels that's it feels long longer. Man. It feels really long. So. It's interesting, and well, it's not not that interesting. The Undertaker, of course, uh, no surprise, is not around for a while until all of a sudden, February of 2015, Bray Wyatt began a series of cryptic promos, which led to Fastlane, where Wyatt challenged the Undertaker to a match at WrestleMania 31, which Undertaker accepted. Now, I'll tell you real quick, I was at Fastlane. That's uh, right. I, I was there, and I don't remember if we had any idea that they were doing something related to Wyatt or this. I remember when that gong went off because. I was there with Chilton, my brother-in-law from last episode. You heard him. We all were like, "Oh my God, what?" Because what? like they did the druids, they did the whole nine yard, that whole thing. And then the second that casket opens and it's Bray Wyatt, everyone's like, right. "Oh!" Like it was brilliant because everybody bought into it that it was the Undertaker coming back, which it, it seemed like it, and it, it made sense in your mind. It's like, okay, he lost. This would be symbolic of him coming back if he's gonna come back. And it was neat. It was a really cool. It was probably. It was a pretty good pay-per-view. It was probably it's one, one of Roman the, Reigns' best matches. Yeah, absolutely. And the Cena, um, the the first, it's the first Cena. Uh, God, Boris Karloff. What's his name? I forget. No, it's not his name. Vladimir Kozlov. Yeah, that's it. No, 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 not Kozlov. <laughs> Rusev. That's oh, Rusev. Boris Karloff. He wrestled Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that first match they have is really, really good. Because I remember these kids were crying when Cena passes out, and I was like, "Don't worry, he'll he'll get it at Mania." They didn't understand. I was like, "All right, whatever, he'll learn." Anyway, um, <laughs> new blood rising. New blood, new blood. God dang, listen to the podcast. But um, I. I also remember, like, these promos, like, it was just kind of weird all of a sudden. It's like, you know what? I'm going to go pick a fight with a guy who hasn't been around for a while. My Bray Wyatt becomes Bill Cosby. What the hell happened? He kind of becomes Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But Follow any- the pudding. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so real quick, I want to get into, because um, uh, this was the match Martin wanted to do. So he emailed me. His notes here. I'm just going to go through them um, as quickly as I can here to kind of get his point across for this match because this was this was one of those when you looked at it, I was like, oh, the perfect opponent for Bray would be Taker, like mm-hmm. dark side, Cause, dark because oh. they're gimmicks, right? They're gimmicks, exactly. 
So here, these are the words of Martin Dixon. I've made no bones about my love for The Undertaker since his mesmerizing debut that the at the 1990 Survivor Series. I have been scared of, I've been enamored with him, and at times respectful of the phenom. Whether portraying an unfeeling ghoul, a tortured anti-hero, the Lord of Darkness, the American badass, Booger Red, or the resurrected dead man, the presence, the in-ring work, and just sheer showmanship of the man have been of great interest to me. Even when I was watching WWF slash E, I always leafed through the wrestling press to find out what my guy was up to and just who the Undertaker's WrestleMania opponent will be always and that'll always be the focus of my enthusiasm going into any Amania season. I can name Undertaker's WrestleMania opponents more readily than most main event participants, and this year was no different. I'm also a huge fan of Bray Wyatt. His unsettling mannerisms, twisted vocal delivery, and wrestling style grab me instantly, and as a lover of when wrestling gets all melodramatic, I welcome the clash with childlike glee. It was a build ripped straight out of a comic book, with Wyatt taking the symbols and iconography of The Undertaker and twisting it to go take her into a match. My inner 10-year-old was transfixed. 32-year-old, less of me, less so. I feared what form the match would take after you know what happened WrestleMania with WrestleMania 30 Taker looking ancient, not just old, and on the day of WrestleMania 31, the speculation running 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 riot that Wyatt was injured, and the match may not even go ahead. It did, and it was dull. Post Lesnar, I saw no harm in Wyatt beating Taker and supplanting him as WWE's premier cartoon character. As it was, Wyatt was beaten yet again in another opportunity squandered. He didn't leave his rating for it, but I'm sure he will on Twitter once he hears this. So, um, <laughs> we'll we'll just we'll leave that one out for the for the time being with it. But um, so, uh, Jason, why don't you just go ahead and lead off, man? Talk about how you feel about with WrestleMania um, 31 here. Sure, that was March 29, 2015. The number one movie was Home. Yes, a really bad animated movie. Um, number one song in the U.S. was Mark Bronson featuring Bruno Mars' Uptown Funk. It's really interesting because no one ever says Mark Bronson. It's always Bruno Mars' Uptown Funk. Um, yeah, that's And then true. in the U.K., we have Jess Gline with Hold My Hand. I listened to it. Also another bad song. So the U.K. was bass for one week. Um, so, that's a great delivery. <laughs> the video package for this match was fantastic because just like martin said it was so comic booky you've got i mean it was all bray bray carried this whole feud with his promos and his promos were really really good i mean were the cheesy undertaker's really good friends with the av department kicked in where it said at wrestlemania where he used the logo for wrestlemania instead with that weird cryptic font the man comes around because wwe in the 2010s really liked johnny cash like they liked drowning pool in the early 2000s that's just take her oh man hey man i got i'm telling you when you're doing a package for this that's what you're using. I don't want saliva. I ain't down with it. I ain't not. I don't like it. And I ain't talking to Fred no more. I <laughs> biscuit. Yeah. I dare you to tell me to walk through the fire. <laughs> but it's all these great supernatural elements, and this video package kicks in, and then here we go with the entrance, and it's daylight. <laughs> like, just killed it. And because I don't understand why Bray Wyatt needs his lantern to walk to the ring when it's there it is. Out. There it is. Uh, 
the this entrance, like a lot of the other entrances at this WrestleMania, were victims of the sun. Like Triple H's Terminator entrance, I think would have been cool <laughs> in the dark. I mean, there's never been a Terminator movie where a Terminator came back in time and landed in daytime. Yeah. <laughs> Just the thought of it's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, and up in the air. And one of my favorite things is if you watch the 24 for this WrestleMania, where it, they're out rehearsing Triple H's entrance with the the elevator lifts. Yes. For everything. And Vince is out there with the headphones on, and Vince is like, "I don't give a damn. I already got my grandkids." Like he audibly says that because the elevator shakes, and like Hunter's like, "Oh, I almost fell," and I'm like laughing my ass off. He's like, "Ah, I got my kidneys. You're all right." Um, but it's it just. It really ruined it, which is why I subbed this match, WrestleMania 31, Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker versus The Sun, um, just because it just kills a lot of it. Bray's entrance is longer than The Undertaker's I entrance. thought I thought so. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do my normal thing. I didn't go back and time it, but, I mean, it is. Just trust me. Um, once Taker gets in and hits the old school... Because, I mean, I'm just cutting in because this match is dull. Like, I still want to know how they managed to have Undertaker do his arm lift where the lights come up, and he makes it brighter outside during the day. That's pretty fucking impressive. Um, but people start panning, you still got it. I know. <laughs> what, what's the difference? What was the difference in the uh, previous think, other Dominion? I, I think it's because he lost. I think, <laughs> I, I swear that's it. So a person loses a match and all their skill. Oh no! Oh, I lost uh, a match. Shit! <laughs> I, I guess I'm done. It's like yeah. he's got he had a concussion, uh, not Alzheimer's. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, JBL already starts. It's the greatest opponent I've ever faced. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a rat's ass? <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, if JBL would build up and talk more about like if he's like man this person blah 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 you know but it's like the greatest opponent i've ever faced fuck you right just seriously some dumbass in the sign has a 23 and 0 sign <laughs> i don't it's, it's not my streak yeah, it, it was, that's why i was laughing when you said that earlier take her set out just, 30 yeah it's like someone who's like man what you gonna do oh i'm a tech billionaire in silicon valley i got wrestlemania tickets you ever watch that? no but i hear this undertaker guy's undefeated here take this sign yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, here we go. We're going to have some weird defense of Jerry Lawler here because he gets fed up with all the downplaying and Owen voice. He tries to liven up the commentary. Uh, he starts putting the focus on Bray Wyatt winning, not The Undertaker losing, which is important. Like, they're all like, well, Undertaker, I don't know if he's got it, Michael. I don't know. And J Jay Lawler's like, well, Bray Wyatt's a fucking threat. <laughs> he's a big dude. And it finally puts some focus on him. Uh it's funny that you, you mentioned you're uh, wanting to take an Urnagi from the Cajun a while ago, Will, because mm -hmm. that Urnagi that uh, Bray Wyatt gets is a good... Sorry, not you know, you want to take a... What was it again? It was an Insiguri. 
Inziguri. Sorry, I'm getting my Japanese wrestling Give name. Give me an Inziguri. Because <laughs> I, like, I was thinking, I'm reading my notes here, and I've got great looking Irinagi, and I'm like, Ray White is an Undertaker in Irinagi? Jason, real quick, on that point, I, I don't know if have you got, I asked Charlie if you'd see him. Have you seen the video from WrestleMania 30, like where it's like they're focusing on the audio, they're picking up on the guys talking, and Taker says to Lesnar, just give me the F5. Just, just, give, just, just, just give me that five. <laughs> it's like this week's uh, mix match challenge. You guys, I, you probably didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. But the the mics were so hot for the Facebook feed that like you hear the ref look at Miz and go, Oscar's going over. Like, <laughs> I was wondering why that started trending like Tuesday night. I'm like, why is Oscar's going over in all caps trending? And then I was like, it's like this is hilarious. Um, but the the Urinagi, sorry, that's Ray does his like version of the rock bottom where he doesn't fall, but he picks the Undertaker way the fuck up. Great. And it's really good. I'm sorry that I butchered that moment. Um, the slow motion recap of Undertaker's face when Bray Wyatt kicks out of the tombstone is a delight. <laughs> because it's old Taker, so his jowls are there. And they're like, oh my God. And at this point, this is, so you were, you have been in 22 WrestleMania matches. I would probably say of the last eight, someone is kicked out of your tombstone. Why are you surprised? I think Taker's surprised because Bray Wyatt's a mid-carter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn, that's only for world champions. Come on, Husky. <laughs> Come on, Husky. <laughs> Shit. Where's Owen? But Kevin... But it is fucking hilarious. And then it just turns into just kind of lame. Like, I mean, the match was lame the whole time, but it gets really lame. It's not very memorable. Uh, Taker beats Bray Wyatt. I give this match a five. I like the thing that moment you met Bray, he went, Hey, you're a Tundas kid? Can you get him to do my tax? What do you win them for Tunda? I don't know. What do you win? You dunk them? Oh, man. What the hell's a dunk them anyway? What did you give this, Jason? I'm sorry. A five. A five? Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Charlie, thoughts, yeah, feelings, yeah. emotions. Well. Oh, Jason took the lantern in the daytime, so I won't say anything about that, even though it is strange. But um, this entrance kind of uh, confuses me on Bray Wyatt as a character. <laughs> I mean, he's a cult leader. Like, he's the way that I thought before the main. I'm like, oh, he's a cult leader, and, and he's got a hypnotic, like, I don't know, David Suresh kind of way Suresh. about him. What did I say, David Suresh? Suresh? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> David Koresh. Sorry. It was like earlier when he said Raymond Reigns. Oh, Raman. Raman Reigns. Raman Reigns. And I was like, the Raman Empire. Empire. I love it. <laughs> I got some Mike Adamly things was, going on dude, today. That is a shirt waiting to happen. The Raman, the Raman Empire. Raman Empire. The Raman Empire. <laughs> I'm cheap. And, and then you said, I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm cheap. <laughs> oh, that's better. I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, anyway, so like I said, he's just you know he's just uh, just a cult fucker or something. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what are you, cult fucker? What are you? <laughs> so what is this guy? God hates cult fuckers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, so he 
But now he can resurrect scarecrows and bring <laughs> scarecrows to life? Or, like, what, what's he doing? <laughs> like, it's, this isn't like the druids. Like, I get that, but he's like, hey, there's a scarecrow. Boom. And, <laughs> and, and they, they oh, look, the one you, they look the hammered. One lays hands on? Yes, they look hammered. <laughs> the, the way they're walking to the ring, I mean, it's a cool image or visual, but it doesn't make sense for me with that character. And especially in the daytime. It's just. Oh, 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 oh wait a minute, wait, scarecrows, buzzards. Okay, there's that, but why, why are they alive? I don't, anyway, moving on. Um, Jerry Lawler has this line that it's a little confusing. I mean, it's not like the he has risen shit from Stryker, but uh, JBL makes a comment about the way Undertaker looks. Uh, like maybe he looks not rested or not in shape or something. Lawler says looks may be deceiving, but he looks the same to me. I heard that. <laughs> yeah, and that sounds fine, and, and, and unless you think about it for a second, looks looks may be deceiving, but he looks the same to me. So, so are you saying that looks might be deceiving, even though you see him that way, but? You might even be being fooled by the look. I don't get what that means. You know, you can't do what your buddy couldn't do because he was always better than you. You get it? Hey there. Dead man walking. <laughs> I don't have much to say about the match. The snake eyes counter, with, which is basically a, becoming a typical Undertaker uh, thing now where he'll do the snake eyes, and then if the guy has a, a move that can counter that, but, but that's kind of one of his trademarks, like Bray Wyatt, which is just, I'm going to throw my fucking body into you. Yeah. You know, it, which has always looked awesome. really cool. Yeah. Uh, that's a great little spot. Old school is what starts the you still got it thing, and it's just dumb. That's NXT garbage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wyatt kicking out of the tombstone. Even I was a little surprised. He, he, he puts him in the tombstone, and my first thought, because I hadn't watched this in a while, my first thought was, Wait a minute! Is this shit over? Wasn't there a crab walk sit-up thing? Yeah, like I started to like doubt myself. Oh, okay, there is. He kicks out, and then it's it's uh, this isn't this isn't really so much a memorable match as it is a memorable moment where Bray Wyatt does the crab walk. And I'm sorry, I think this is a two-edged kind of deal here, where this is so memorable and so cool. But for me, this is kind of where his character died. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Okay. Because he's doing this crab walk, and it's it's always been dumb, but it just looks cool. Taker just sits up and just gives him the death stare, and, and he, he he coils. I don't know how he does. Like, it's a really cool thing that he does, but as soon as he did it, I was like, "You're the face of fear." Face of fear's got some mighty brown pants. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's a whole other thing. I'm the new face of fear. And like Undertaker was not the old face of fear. It, Undertaker had like a thousand nicknames. He, none of them. He was even uh, like the Prince of Darkness. Like he's the devil, you know. Yeah. But but no. And he, you didn't beat him. Yeah, he, he he was never the face of fear. And the best part is Wyatt loses this match, and the fucker still calls himself the new face of fear. Like you lost. You suck. <laughs> so so Taker hits the tombstone. That's it. It's great. It's cool to see Taker even lift him. Like, because, you know, he can't even last ride certain people, as we'll see later. Uh, the match, this is probably, no, this isn't the worst match. But it's it's nothing special. I don't like that it's in the daytime. It's just a fucking bummer. I'd give this a five. Okay. Um, I uh, This is another match where there's this narrative, and Martin alluded to it, is the Bray Wyatt quote-unquote injury. 
Um, I remember that day when it was uh, it was uh, people, people were tweeting about it or whatever, saying like people who were at, people who were inside the stadium in the morning saw Wyatt working out, and all of a sudden he like landed badly doing some practice spot, and they were speculating everything from broken ankle to you know to down to sprained ankle, and like Martin said, I, and I in, in my mind I was like. Well, there's no way they're going to cancel that match. No, there's no way. They would have done something. And who leaked this information? Exactly. See, again, this was stuff never confirmed. Now, here's my thing. You guys, it, not one of you mentioned in there that Bray Wyatt ever looked hobbled. Why? Because he didn't at all. I w- if you hadn't, if that story had never come out, I would never would have thought about looking for an injury because he doesn't ever appear injured. And I told Charlie earlier, I know he's seen plenty of football. Jason, you've seen plenty of football. I have too. We've seen a ton of guys who get sprained ankles, high ankle sprain, whatever. And those guys can't walk. Like they need to be helped off. They have to sometimes be carted to the back or whatever. And you're telling me this guy, the morning of, gets, we'll just say at the very least, an ankle sprain. And he's out there being able to pull off what he is. Either a, like, uh, either a, he's the most resilient man on earth, or b, they pumped him full of so much crap. Or he brought his his, his ankle back to life like the scale. Oh, yep, yeah, that's right. He just touched it. Remember they performed at thirty? Yeah, yeah. I actually like that. Yeah, little, I thought that was a good little performance. Yeah, but Bray Wyatt wouldn't have been able to make that entrance walk on a sprained ankle. My God, that's, exactly. that's no a long way. way. Yeah, so I, I'm not a, I, That is another reason why I, I've heard people criticize this match, and they use that as an excuse. It's like, no, Bullshit. no, you can. There are plenty of other things to criticize this match about. You don't need that as a. It, we don't need the. Re, we don't have to think about the Undertaker on this pedestal. That like we have to have excuses why matches are are not good. Like no. He's sometimes, wrestled bad matches. Yeah, some, sometimes it is his fault. <laughs> if you look outside WrestleMania, he's wrestled a ton of bad matches. It's happened. But um, I, the reason I liked watching this was it was good to see Taker in shape. Better, at least it seemed to me more in shape than he was at 30. Yeah. And I liked his hair. Yeah, I liked how he had hair again. I liked that he kind of dialed back more to the, 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 first, the first comeback of the dead man character in 04 mm-hmm. when he had the leather pants again. I... Yeah. I Thought he just overall he looked pretty cool, um, but yeah, the match overall is is really nothing special. I I remember slightly wondering like I wonder if they'll do this. They'll have him lose twice in a row because I would have loved if they had said he had a streak again, but it was a losing streak, which would have been cool. Would have been really neat to follow for the year after or whatever. But anyway, still uh, Taker winning. It's a it's a bummer for Wyatt, but then again, I think the moment he died was WrestleMania 30. Oh, with Cena. Yeah, I mean, he never, yeah. never came back. He still hasn't come back, really. You yeah, can give him a title. It's hard to but... believe he's been around that long. Yeah, that he that he's been in this stuck in this rut for this long. Yeah, and now he's this this whatever with with Matt Hardy just is. It's, and it's, hey, it's, he's weird. You're weird. You want to do something? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah. So uh, I I'm right with you guys. Um, I think I I think I put it just a bit higher. I put it at six as well. I just put it at six compared to thirty. Um, the, the reasons, and it's weird, like, how can I put both at six? Well, the ending for 30 is uh, makes up for a ton of, of the bad with it. I think this one overall, like, I think the wrestling for the most part is pretty good. It's just, um, I don't know, there's just nothing behind there. There's no heat with this, it feels like, really. Just, I don't know. Jason, do you think they should have waited? A, I, do you think they should have waited a year? Like, give an Undertaker a year off? See, that's... And, and- 
I think that's a great question to ask with every WrestleMania after 30. Can we just not let them be on the card? And I think they're just, they, they are always worried about the ticket prices or ticket sales or buys or whatever. Like, they're, I, I think that becomes a thing because it feels like at some point around WrestleMania 27 or 28. He was done. He might have been done. But they found a way to, and and this is this was going to be at the end when I kind of did my summary of things. Like, it does seem like that there's always some comeback reason. Like, uh, Mark, uh, you do a solid for me. <laughs> Come back. Uh, I don't know who that is talking to him, but whatever. <laughs> but it's not Vince. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm a dick. That's what it is. It's you know who that is? That is That's true. that fucker from Phantom Menace. Uh, oh. <gasps> <laughs> no, you won't. The blue what, what's his name? What the hell is that? Watto. Watto. See, I always want to call him Quato from Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> Open your mind. <laughs> but all right. So, yeah, I'm in that match, 15-12. So, definitely dialed back on length, and I'm glad they did. Yeah. Oh, if this match had been long. The pace is not awful with it. It's no. not. A, it's just one of those matches. It's like a raw match. I think, too, like the... the the pop of the match is just seeing Taker, and then after that, it's like, oh, okay, so we're we're not really going to acknowledge thirty. Like, it this becomes a big problem. It's like, I just don't think they ever fully acknowledge the loss. Really, he doesn't. He doesn't acknowledge anything. He just kind of, all right, dead man walk. All right, yep, you know, fist in the air. I'm, you know, you, you know, you've seen the show. Sting here. I heard Sting's here. Steve, what the hell's he doing? Steve, you like espresso? <laughs> I got one of them. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> all right. So at Battleground in July of 2015, The Undertaker made his return by attacking Brock Lesnar. As Lesnar was on the verge of defeating Seth Rollins during his WWE World Heavyweight Championship match, which caused the match to end in a disqualification for Lesnar. This is the best part. The next night on Raw, Undertaker explained his actions as revenge, not for Lesnar breaking the streak, but rather the constant taunting he allowed Paul Heyman to engage in. Later that night, after Undertaker and Lesnar brawled throughout the arena and had to be separated, a rematch was scheduled for SummerSlam in August where Undertaker actually defeated Lesnar in a controversial fashion. Real quick, though, we you're just, leaving. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. The moment, the the, the the moment we all like, we were instantly texting and chatting with each other was during that pull apart where Lesnar's like, "I will kill you," and out in the most redneck comeback ever. Go ahead. You're gonna have to. <laughs> I believe too. I was dying. I was. Was that was it? Our truth. Somebody said yes, like Mr. Lesnar. It's our truth. Our truth's back like backstage like ten minutes later trying to calm down Lesnar for whatever reason. <laughs> and then our truth goes, "Come, Mr. Lesnar, Mr. Lesnar." <laughs> it was. It's it's weird because thinking about Raw 25 and we could talk about that later, but. It's weird that the, the, this is one of the best moments of the last probably five to ten years of Monday Night Raw. Oh, that yeah. brawl was so damn cool. Yeah. Uh, and oh, you know, they bother to show the millionth fucking time Brock Lesnar superplexed some fat ass through the ring <laughs> and the fucking thing broke. Like, oh, I've never seen that before. Fuck you. How about that? But this this brawl was so damn cool. Yeah. Yeah. That thing is. I I, I love that. I love that. Just because. Taker doesn't talk a lot, but just man, man you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. It's like this 
Bill Paxton kind of <laughs> delivery. Awesome. Um, Undertaker defeated Lesnar in controversial fashion. Lesnar put Undertaker in a Kimura, and the timekeeper rang the bell after seeing the Undertaker supposedly indicating submission. But since the referee had not seen a submission and never stopped the match, the match continued. That's so dumb. I know. Like, like, because, I mean, it was a cool ending, but I wish they'd find a way to work it out a little better, because what if the timekeeper just, oh! <laughs> yeah. The confusion allowed... Yeah. He just, he rang the bell, the match, and time ran out. <laughs> I saw him tap out, like, you're not a fucking ref! Right. Mark Eaton? Mark Eat It. <laughs> He got fired later. He did, that year. didn't he? Didn't, no, he really got fired. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> during the cutbacks, the confusion allowed Undertaker to surprise Lesnar with a low blow. <laughs> oh man, the hey. nut kick. And that was yeah. That's one of our old uh, one of our first episodes. We took a picture of the two action figures and the, yeah. and the kick to the nuts. Yeah. yeah. The confusion allowed Undertaker to surprise Lesnar with a low blow and apply Hell's Gate, in which Lesnar passed out. Which I believe then he passed out of the middle finger. Oh, yep. yeah. It's awesome. It's one of the best... En- oh, I forgot all about that, man. It's one of the best endings to a match. Yeah. At Hell in a Cell, The Undertaker was defeated by Lesnar in a Hell in a Cell match after Lesnar hit him with a low blow and executed the third F5 of the match. God dang. He took three that... I forgot it was three. Well, remember, that's also... <laughs> they, they don't leave the cell, but they rip it up. Yeah. Like they rip up the mats and use just the plywood for yeah. each other. It's so oh, yeah. But I, I, I still like that match. While the crowd gave Undertaker an ovation after his loss to Lesnar, he was attacked and captured by the Wyatt family, which included Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper, Eric Roman, and Braun Strowman, who carried him away from the ring. After ambushing and capturing Kane the next night on Raw, Wyatt explained that he had claimed their souls and stole their demonic powers. The Brothers of Destruction returned on November 9th episode of Raw and attacked the Wyatt family, setting up a tag match at Survivor Series 2015, which honored Undertaker's 25 years in WWE. At the event on November 22nd, the Brothers of Destruction defeated Wyatt and Harper. By the way, if you're a new listener, we were at that show. So yes, we, we were. there is an episode where you hear us live popping for the entrance, all kinds of things during the match. And the post uh, we got in the car. Yeah. Oh, and also it should be mentioned... Uh, we were under a threat from ISIS. That's right. That's going right. into that show, and you you almost didn't go, didn't you? No. No, I, I was always going. Well, you were. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Will, Will specifically, because I, 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 I'm, I don't think so. I don't. I, I remember numerous people I, were telling I thought me we things. Were, well, my mom like, tried to tell me not to go. I, I kind of just have that Dark Knight Returns thing in the beginning where Bruce is in the car and is like, this would be a good death. <laughs> it would be. I was, well, at Survivor, I was at Survivor Series. And we were in that line and there were all those, uh, oh, yeah, those guards. Guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they look like ATF with those automatic weapons. Yeah. It was quite a sight. They were ready to play. Anyway. <laughs> there was going to be no pyro. They were like, right. there's going to be no pyro. And we're still in the line for the door and they're doing the pre-show matches and there's, there's pyro. Door. That's right. And everyone shit their pants for a second. Oh, that's right. We heard a boom, and everyone everyone froze. Also, do you remember Triple H telling us to take the Marta? Yeah. Everyone get on the Marta. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. It's a good idea. No shit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So on the February 22nd, 2016 episode of Raw, Vince McMahon placed his son Shane McMahon, who returned to WWE for the first time since 2009 in a Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania 32 against The Undertaker with the stipulation that had Shane won, he would gain control of Raw. Vince later decided that should The Undertaker lose the match against Shane, it would be his final match at WrestleMania. After weeks of mind games and physical confrontations between the pair, 
Undertaker competed against Shane at WrestleMania 32. Now let's pause and go back a little bit. Shane's return is amazing. It's it one of the biggest pops of all time. Because, for one thing, I think for years there was always a rumor, oh, Shane's going to come back now. I never thought he was coming back. And if it finally happened, uh, it was in Detroit. It was at the Joe Louis Arena because it was one of their big moments when they shut that place down. They they mentioned that. Um, but also remember, like, remember, this is also when The Undertaker, like, The Undertaker's my, my bitch. bitch. <laughs> yeah, just, what? Whoa. And it's one of the weird, like, I remember when, they, when he announced, like, you're going to compete in a match against... The Undertaker was like, oh, really? And a Hell in a Cell match. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, half the roster was injured for yeah. that WrestleMania. Yeah. This so, was supposed to where the Cena match was a, was going to happen. Right. Maybe this, maybe not even the first time it was supposed to happen, but it was definitely supposed to. And the thing, the thing was, and this is why I don't know so much about Undertaker being the draw for WrestleMania when WrestleMania is the draw itself, they were looking to break the WrestleMania 3 attendance record that year Yeah, with over 100,000 people coming into the stadium, which they ended up doing. Of course, there's always that conspiracy theory along with WrestleMania 3 that they fudged the numbers a little bit. Right. You know, added an extra 15,000 or something. But, yeah, this is on record the highest attended WrestleMania of all time. Yeah. Even with everybody gone. Yeah. And... This is this just felt like such a weird match, and a lot of it's because like yeah, I, we covered we did King of the Ring, um, 2001. We covered that, and that match with Kurt Angle oh. is phenomenal. It's really really good, and it's not to say that Shane is really diminished. He's in fantastic shape. He looks like he looks pretty jacked up. Well, uh, I remember for the, the most part. Well, I remember the fear going into the match was he's probably going to do a big stunt. But he shouldn't, because how old is he now? I, oh yeah, I mean, and whatever he is, he looks ten years older than that. Right. Like, I remember, like that was something we did not want to see. You know? And we, I remember, we, you and I talked. We, when we watched, it was like he's going to jump from the cell. It's the only thing you can do that hasn't been do. done. And we know we'll get to that just that moment real quick. I'm not going to go. I'm, there's th- this match is so interesting to to look at because on paper I'm like Undertaker's going to kill this man. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, he, uh, it's. Be- it's believable enough because I don't know. Taker does like I don't know. It's it's a lot of the stuff Shane executes that coast to coast to the nuts. Well, that's kind of Taker's fault. <laughs> oh, because T- Taker's got the trash. Well, I, mean, I guess we're gonna talk about it now. Yeah, Taker's okay. got Taker's got the trash can like right in front of him, and then right as Shane jumps, he's like halfway there. Taker kind of chickens out a little bit. Yeah, and he, he actually moves the trash can. Oh, I'd rather take it in the ball. Man, man. I've, I've got that Avon commercial tomorrow. I don't want my face to look all <laughs> fucked it's up. It's my money maker. <laughs> he's like Costanza <laughs> with his hands. Yeah, <laughs> Undertaker's a hand model. That would have been great. Um, the question I have for you guys, and I think this is the the big rock of this match. It's hard to overcome. Is is it believable at all that Shane with this Muay Thai crap would be able to the best hand... pure striker in the business? Yeah, no. It it looks kind of phony. Well, Shane's punches never looked real. Like like never had a convincing look to him. Never, even when he fought X Pac. They, tr- and I'll give him this. They really tried to really book the hell out of this match. It was like, okay, well. Here's the thing, if Taker loses, he's not going to be at Mania anymore, so it tries to build that doubt in your head, like, well, maybe Shane's going to win this. But honestly, is if The Undertaker at this point's only lost the one guy at WrestleMania, and it's Brock Lesnar, I don't think the second guy's going to be Shane, Shane McMahon. McMahon. <laughs> I former, really don't. The greatest European champion, other right. than maybe D'Lo. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, the match itself, it's another... 
I'll just say it's 30 minutes and five seconds. It is long. I think as it took. Crap. I think it takes an hour to get through the whole thing. Yeah. Would you go from, from the, the video from package? video package? Yeah. To the entrances. To the, to, yeah. To the uh, to the end. Everything. And it's not even the last match. And I, I mentioned real quick, like, the video package does a great job of showing, like, they try to do some stuff in the promos where, like, Shane, like, tries, Shane tries to mess with them. Like, your legacy died with Brock Lesnar, which is pretty good. I'm glad good. somebody does something with that. It's great. Um, and, I, of course, they have to they have to give you a little bit of a tease of Shane being the daredevil. They do the, the table bit, which his elbow drop looks insane. Like, that's so cool. Because he's, he's twisting whatever in midair to get it. It's great. And he does this kind of theatrical flourishing, like when he's in the air, like he'll yeah. wave his arms. Yeah. Even when, even in this match, he does it after Taker gets off the table. Yeah. There's no one on the table, and Shane's still flailing his arms. So we can just go ahead and get to this, because it's the only thing you really need to think about, I think, with this match is that spot. Like, everything before it, I think the whole time you're just waiting for, when are we going to get to that? Honestly, because, uh, by the way, too, I believe Shane McMahon kicks out of a last ride. An awful yeah, last uh, ride. That, that... It's a, That's it, exposing the business. You know what? If he kicks out of a shitty last ride, don't ever do the move again. It's exactly. Retire the move. Retire! <laughs> anyway. Um, so uh, we, let's, we can talk about the spot. Like, I, I, I do like the way they set it up. You're waiting for it, and eventually when they get to the outside there, you know, the, the, way, they, the way they set it up with the way Shane just looks up, everybody knows instantly. And it's, I think it's really cool. The elbow drop itself, like, uh, I do love the takers instantly out of the way. Like, he doesn't take any I like chances. to think he big-booted that cameraman. <laughs> no! Get the fuck out of the way! <laughs> Which, by the way, backtrack real quick. The first table spot they do, we're it's like, awesome. that is one of the best spots. I didn't even I remember that. Whoa! It counters a sleeper into a, now nah, fuck you. <laughs> Come on, rich boy. You know where I'm from? Houston. <laughs> no shit. I know. Anchorage. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, it after that spot, of course, it takes an eternity before it's like, all right, we gotta, all right, we gotta wrap this up. We can't end out. <laughs> can't, we're not gonna end it out here. So he's got to lift him up and then take him into the ring. I, I, since I, we've seen the thing with the trip with the Triple H spot where like Triple H is basically about to suck his dick and he's like, ah, he does the the he does the 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 neck slash like you know it's time to end it. I like with this one where. Kind of give Shane a tap on the. I face. love that. That's a really cool. Because he's known Shane spot. since he was a, basically yeah. a kid. And it's like, dude, you did a hell of that, a. Job. That was awesome. But and it's it's over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he tombstones the crap out of him in front of his kids. <laughs> That's the best part. Yeah. And he gets the win. This match, um, going into it, I was very skeptical for the first time. I uh, even watching it back, I was like, God, how good was this? Because I remember the time I think we liked it. I yep. still liked it. It was fun. It's all right. It turned out they really turned nothing into something because this match had everything going against it. Taker once again looks not looks a little bit uh, like he's been hitting the carbs. A few too many vanilla wafers. I can't turn down bread. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brett and the Undertaker are helping Weight Watchers. I love bread. I, Me too. I am 0 and 21 with bread. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like, 
just a loaf of bread with Owen 21 like burnt into it. Like, yeah. Right? <laughs> you can see him crying as he's putting peanut butter on it. I've done it now. I made, I've made a big mistake. Oh, oh, it was delicious, man. <laughs> and you hear Michelle, take her! <laughs> oh, shit. Old <laughs> stuff for him is a PB&J. <laughs> but he announces it every time. What do I want for dinner? <laughs> oh, school! <laughs> and I like to I like to put peanut butter on both sides. That way, it keeps the jelly locked and contained. I think he just goes home. He buys like those big like five pound things of peanut butter and just scoops them into the urn. And that's where he keeps the peanut butter. I gotta ask you number one question. Boom! This is how I tell what kind of guy you are. Are You Jeff or Peanut Peter Pan? Big question here, man. Crunchy? Crunchy. <laughs> He's like a connoisseur. <laughs> Take her doing prank phone calls. Yeah, you got Skippy in a drawer? <laughs> For God's sake, let him out. <laughs> oh, goddamn, I've done it. <laughs> He's got a YouTube channel just him making different versions of homemade peanut butter for different flavors. Taker and Kerr business. That's the name of his peanut butter. It's just the Ministry of Darkness picture on the front. piece of peanut butter hanging <laughs> off his lip. Yeah. <laughs> a breadcrumb on the other. <laughs> Owen 21. Can't beat it. <laughs> Just Photoshop the big boss man hanging in the hell of the cell with a sign that says, don't eat my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sarah Lee's yard. <laughs> That's what I was going to say next up in my yard. <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, yeah. Wow. Alright, Jason, your thoughts on the match. Well, if we can recover from the epic peanut butter rant. Um, the, the thing with this match setup was very out of nowhere. It was very similar to the big boss man versus Taker. It's just like, you're going to face uh, the big, you know, it's just like the way it's like Vince pulled it out of his ass. Um, but the change versus legacy was like a really big selling point for that. Uh, there was a line where Shane starts talking. He says, Undertaker, you have a great legacy at WrestleMania, but I got to stand for change. And Undertaker tells him, shut up, rich boy. You don't get to talk about my legacy. Where Shane goes, your legacy died two years ago. I remember when I was watching that, I was all in. Because at first I was real skeptical. I was like, I was like, he was like, man, Shane, I don't care. I don't. Your first match back, you're going to fight the Undertaker in a hell in a cell at WrestleMania. I don't care. And I saw that. I was like, bam, I'm in. Um Shane's sons dancing with him on the way of the ring reminded me of Doink and Dink. And the reason why I kind of skipped past the what was going on that week is it was a pretty shitty week because the number one movie in America was Batman vs. Superman. And we all know how big of a disappointment that was. I just watched it again the other day. Oh, man, it's not good. It's just... Nope. Martha! <laughs> Why'd you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What, what the hell's Holly Hunter doing here? Uh, that's the one casting thing, other than Jesse Eisenberg. But Holly Hunter. Hey, I mean, come on! Let's get pissed uh, in a jar. That was a plot point. I don't. Um, yeah, I work for the government. It's like she's Holly like a, Costner. Well, she's kind of. Well, no, she, she's like a, a le, an older, less attractive Drew Barrymore. She because she kind of talks out of the side of her mouth too. Right. Anyway, but hey, continue, Jason. Sorry. Wow. Uh, you know, just the, we get JBL ready to go. 
because Michael Cole calls out where Shane goes down. He puts his kids up with his wife. He, Shane with a good luck kiss to his wife. Or a goodbye kiss. Shut the... God damn it, JBL. Just... It's just like the asshole that's making bad comments when you're trying to enjoy something. Like you're oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go fuck myself. Thank you. <laughs> that was an awesome pause. Like, I know exactly. I know. Oh, no, I, I know. You're at a party and there's something that's fucking TV's on. There's an asshole behind you. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know movies and you're really into it and say, I don't know, you're watching Man of Steel, and it's the part where the tornado's coming to get Kevin Costner, and he holds that hand out, and he shakes his head no, and it's kind of an emotional moment. I cry and then the every waitress time. pops up and goes, you want some more to drink? <laughs> <laughs> Just like, right in your face, you're like, what? what is happening here? Oh, uh, that happened to me. Uh, and Will. Well, me anyway, I was there. Oh, yeah, uh, man, I, I, I weep every time. It's okay. I do. Well, now, what's up? Yeah, we were watching it the first time. I was like, man, this is tough. And then, like, Chick's face is just right there. Like, she's squatting, so she's not in the way, but she's in the way. And I'm, like, tearing up. You want some more to drink? Like, this is a movie theater. Why is this happening? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when Taker finally gets down to the ring, taking a sweet fucking time, I do love the I, – I do like Taker slamming the door on the Hell in a Cell cage. Yeah. Well, he, he kind of slammed it. He had a camera guy, didn't he? Well, no, he's, he's – he slams it, but it, it, it opens a little, and then the referee has to come and put his hand on it. Sorry, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, guys, we, I think we missed It's in one of these matches. The referee's like, come on, Mark, break the hole. I don't know yeah. if you guys heard it. He said Mark? Yes. Somebody says, and I think it's 30. I think it's, or maybe it's 31. I forget. It's 30 or 31. The referee's like, come on, Mark, break the hole. <laughs> I think it Shit, is there because I think he's got somebody's in the ropes and if he doesn't he's going to get disqualified and right. really fuck That's shit up. it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Hey man, K fight. What are you doing? Shit. <laughs> yeah, what something are to protect you. You're going to fuck the streak up. <laughs> <laughs> but and then we get we get some more uh we'll call him Jules from JBL. I've been in the ring with Shane. He can take a lot of punishment. I've seen him and then he stops. He stops mid-sentence like Vince got his head shut the fuck up. Like, it's hilarious. Um, you want to be my bitch, too? Yeah, it's like, uh-uh. No. Um, we get some more. JBL starts going. JBL says The Undertaker's been in thousands and thousands oh, of big matches. Oh, you took it. Damn it. I don't think JBL knows what big matches are. <laughs> if there's thousands and thousands of them that one person's been in, there's... Oh my god. Um, the ring and the stairs give the Undertaker some trouble, so he just stomps on them. Yeah. It's the most disapproving Taker thing he's ever done. It really is, yes. I know exactly. Because I kept, whenever wrestlers have to do business with furniture in the ring, and I'm always worried, like, oh god, if something messes up, the crowd is going to eat them. <laughs> furniture? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait a minute, can you help me move this couch? <laughs> what are you doing Sunday? <laughs> because I, I, I honestly questioned if he would be able to lift the stairs and get it in the ring. I was like, Oh God! Please tell me he slides it underneath, and he does. Because all I kept thinking was the crowd is gonna, someone's gonna not appreciate this. He tries to throw it. God, shit! I'm done, man. Uh, Here, my love. Puts the like sneak attacks the Undertaker and puts him in that triangle hold. They're like, oh, Shane trained with the Gracies. He trained with the Gracies. I don't think the Gracies trained Shane to fist pump while he's got someone. That's 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like you hear the Ultimate Warrior theme in his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what's going on. Um, the choke slam onto the steps. Mm-hmm. I think gave Shane King of the Ring 2001 flashbacks because <laughs> he just kind of shakes for a second. It's pretty good. Um, when Taker sets up and does the zombie setup, and Shane just looks at him and jabs him straight in the face. I think that's one of my favorite setup reactions ever. Because like you said earlier, he's he's known Shane since he was a kid. Shane's never necessarily wrestled him, but it's still, he's seen it so many times. He just popped it right in the face. Um, then I'll save that for, for something else. But Shane puts Undertaker in a sharpshooter, and it looks T-total like shit. But the way he got there with it being a counter of the Hell's Gate is pretty impressive. Um, I'm going to compliment someone else on the commentary team. Brian Saxton. Brian Saxton gets a lot of shit because he's he's not good. What? Byron Saxton is what he was saying. Oh, sorry. I don't know who Brian Saxton is. Yeah, but it's Byron. Um, But he's got a long way to go, you know, but he's trying. He's out there. It's what happens when you get hurt and you're in NXT and they like you. You get shoved up and you got to talk for the big guys. But you see him in the background at one point, um, and he is going on about Shane, and Byron's actually moving. He's passionate about it. He's moving his hands. He's, he's looking around. It doesn't look like he's sitting there reading a script. It doesn't look like he's just watching a monitor. He's actually into it and he's giving it some life. He's not just playing all deadpan shit. So I really like that because what we were talking about earlier, the monotone commentary just really sucks the life out of shit. Um, Shane's bolt cutters are almost cartoonishly big. I started laughing at first. It's like, did they pick something this big so that everyone can see what he's doing? Um, And I get a really nervous when I see pens and pencils still on a table where someone's going for a table spot. I don't know about you guys. Like they, they clear everything. They take the monitors out. They take the pads out. Take these notes, and there'll be like one or two pen or pencils there, and I'm freaking the fuck out. The toolboxing um, is my favorite because he's like, can't it, open this thing. Well, he, fuck it, I'll hit him with it. With, and then it opened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to ask, is anyone, because if you guys played any of the No Mercy PC mods that people keep doing. I've been telling Will about them. Yeah, I wonder if someone's put a toolbox in. <laughs> for, uh, that'd be kind of cool. Um, after Shane does his spot, and Taker's laying there looking all stunned while both of them are fixing their pants nonstop. Um, there's this lady in the front row who's got like a red bow or red hat in her hair, and she is just fucking screeching, Shane, let's go, Shane. And it's like yes. the same Taker standing up, and he literally goes back a little bit because she's right in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time for this shit. Yeah, but God drink, bitch. Man, man, um, calm down. Shit. Yeah, we're, Taker picks Shane up to put him in the ring to to finish the match he does a little pat on the head and i was convinced and i still am convinced to this day that he should have tombstone shane then laid down pulled shane on top of him to take the loss he's already lost at wrestlemania what's the big deal he fucks over vince because vince called him his bitch and remember he buried paul bearer alive in cement because people used him against him so it would be the best way i'm no one's bitch shane gets control of raw from vince and Undertaker lost the match, but he still beat Shane. Yeah, that's, that's a I cool finish. That would have been interesting. I really think that would have been really interesting. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, instead of just wreck, just going the next night, like really none of that mattered. Right. The jump off the hell in the cell, none of that mattered. Right. Um, but, I mean, I still like this match probably as much as I did when I was watching it. 7 out of 10. Nice. Oh. 
Oh. Charles. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So control of the company versus Undertaker's streak. Uh, this or is WrestleMania. Right, well, streak. Only he, WrestleMania he appearances. He, right. he can't come to WrestleMania anymore. Yeah, he can go to Backlash. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe show up at NXT the night before. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> What's Dean Mark Calloway doing? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of jump around here. This is so fucking dumb because Shane loses the damn match, and then he gets control anyway. All right. He just gets it the next night on Raw. And to, to to backtrack, but it's the same thing when they show the video package. I love when guys try to build something up into something that it's not. So Chris Jericho compares the McMahon saga to Game of Thrones. <laughs> All right. And, yeah, maybe from the soap opera aspect, but, yeah, he's like, oh, he's the, he's the vengeful son coming back to reclaim his, his birthright. Fuck. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I'm so tired of this. Because this storyline's been going on for 20 years now. Yeah. You know, it's, it, yeah. it's the, that's the one thing. Uh, Shane's kids, the, uh, it's it's adorable, but them doing Shane's poses. What, what are their names? Of Declan, Drywall, and, <laughs> and Killmeister? Is, what are their names? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's awesome. Decker, Drywall, and Killmeister. Well, well, I know Declan is is the oldest one. I think it all begins again. again. What, is it Killmeister? Like. <laughs> Are you thinking of Lemmy? No, no. Ah, that's where that name comes. They've got, they've got weird names, all of them. Like, I don't know all the Irish names, Charlie. I don't. Uh, when we look them up, I'll look them up. I would you, love to know. I, right. It's just like, wow, they, they couldn't. They had all those kids and couldn't get one goddamn name right. <laughs> like Declan McMahon. <laughs> Okay, you ready? Like, Are you ready? It sounds like a detective in a Cinemax movie. There's Declan James McMahon. Uh -huh. That's the firstborn. Then there's Rogan McMahon. <laughs> Rogan? And uh, then Kenyon Jesse McMahon. <laughs> Kenyon? Yeah. Okay. I like my name. I, I like you my name more. Off. Yeah. <laughs> Dry. <laughs> no one of our old wrestlers. They were, yeah, they kind of punted on that one, didn't Dry. they? <laughs> so he wow. so he drops the kids off at the at the front. <laughs> he drops off the future cabinet member. Yeah, yeah. Linda's out there. Yeah. And, and so that she looks like she's not taking any shit. She takes those kids and immediately just runs away. Yeah. You know, it's 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 weird. Um, I did notice the the JBL comment. Thousands and thousands of big matches. Like, how many pay per views are there in a year? I mean, WWE's trying to break their own record every year. Taker taking on Killmeister at the vending machine. Oh, big match. Big match. Chalk it up. Have we hit at least 1,000 yet? Uh, <laughs> anyway, so the Hell's Gate spot. I, 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 said, I, was gonna, oh, yes. I said I was going to try this on, tw uh, on Twitter. Um,. This is so bad. You would never think that this was the guy doing the move. <laughs> yeah, he locks him in the Hell's Gate. Shane is just kind of struggling for a minute, and then just, just take her. And just. Who <laughs> 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 think, think he's wrestling God? Yeah. Like you know, like it's, like it's actually hurting him to put Shane in the Hell's Gate. Yeah. Uh, ah, Jesus. I, I I love the sleeper counter through the table. Uh, we talked about the coast to coast. 
I really like Shane climbing the cell and the fans start chanting, please don't die. I actually really like that. Yeah. that that's a lot better than, this is awesome. I'll let you do the McFoley thing, by the way, too. I would love for you to do that. I'm glad you reminded me of that because I actually forgot. Um, that tweet did not go anywhere yesterday, too, when I put that out because all I could Because I forgot. <laughs> so, I, I like I love Taker patting him on. Uh, that's awesome. It's so good. Tombstone, Shane... Shane gets an ovation. This is made me think of Cena, but I like I like it when Shane does it because we were legitimately worried about him. Shane does a thumbs up. Yeah, being taken to the back. Um, Taker, we have to his expression after he yes. pins Shane. Okay, I forgot to mention that, but just kind of it's an it's at an awful angle. It, you know, just like his face is just kind of caved in on his shoulder, and he's just oh god. Damn it! You yeah. can, the gloves too. He remember this was the first time people speculate he was legit retiring because he took the gloves off. Oh was really? And mention because like people people tried to like equate that to when wrestlers leave their boots in the ring. Like he's leaving sure. the gloves. Like this was a sign that he was walking away. I just want to since you mentioned the end, I forgot to oh, mention yeah. that earlier. Uh, so as opposed to thirty, where it's well, get some help back here. Uh, Shane, I believe this was on WWE twenty four. Shane goes to the back, and. Mick Foley is there, and he forces a hug on Shane McMahon. They did the podcast too. That they talk about. They it. did, but it's it, it has this kind of you fell off or jumped off the top of the cell. Welcome to the club, kind of thing. <laughs> felt like the club that I started. Like that's kind of how it felt. And it's just a part of this whole disingenuous uh, everything's about me bullshit that yeah. McFoley's done over the last ten years. Yeah. You know, it it just bothers me. I, I I don't really, I mean, yeah, he's earned everything he can do and gets, but I mean, it, there's just something about it. It's like, dude, tons of guys have fallen off the top. Shawn Michaels was the, I mean, he didn't he didn't fall off the very top, but that was pretty damn shot. I, I always say you he jumped like willingly, like. Undertaker well, pushed McFoley off. Well, yeah, so but, but, I, I, but I Foley let it. Yeah, of course, of course. Foley let it, you know. And it was the first time someone had done that off the top of the. Sean was he had a little bit. He was like halfway down. And right. it wasn't nearly as. And tall. Ambrose and Rollins did something similar. They were about three quarters of the way up. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it was just. It's just one of those things that Foley does. The uh, J, like JBL, he makes it about himself, and I, I don't, I don't like that. The, the match is this is the best match on the show yeah. on our uh, show yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I, I'd give this a six nice and yeah it's it's interesting then because when we leave that we're like okay so what's he gonna do now is he retiring and then of course here we go after going undrafted in the 2016 WWE draft which I think is hilarious like oh nobody, nobody picked me Swagger, that hurts. Because that compares to the first draft where he loses his mind when he gets drafted by Rick Flair. Oh, Blair. yeah. Because he kicks that door wide yeah. open. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no peanut butter. I'm out. <laughs> hey, what? What is Omega 3? I'm not eating this shit. <laughs> okay. right. Did you have your fish oil on the taker? My what? Watch your macros, Undertaker. You're going to kick yourself out of ketosis. <laughs> I don't know why Bray is worried about his health, but all right. So, The Undertaker returned for SmackDown Live's 900th episode. 
on November 15th, interrupting Edge's Cutting Edge segment, which featured the SmackDown Survivor Series team members as guests to warn them not to lose against Team Raw at Survivor Series, which, you know, Team SmackDown, I think, did win the match. Am I not mistaken? Is that that right? Team SmackDown won? Jason, I think they lost. All right. The Undertaker then made his return on the January 9th, 2017 episode of Raw, where he announced his participation. My favorite spot in wrestling is when wrestlers announce their participation in the Royal Rumble match. You can't find anything more dull for me than that. Roman did it two days ago. I'm going in. Well, you didn't have any other match. Uh, the Undertaker then appeared on the January 23rd episode of Raw confronting Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, and Goldberg. Yeah, Billy Lesnar. Sorry, I need to clarify that. <laughs> I need to make sure I... Bork Laser. It's an awesome moment. Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, and Goldberg. Wow. Like, that was a really cool... Remember that on Raw? Right. And they do it... I mean, they do something similar. During the Royal Rumble on January 29th, The Undertaker entered at number 29, eliminating Goldberg, The Miz, Baron Corbin, and Sami Zayn before being eliminated by the number 30 entrant, Roman Reigns. Undertaker would return on the March 6th episode of Raw. He took some time off. He was like, yeah, man, I, I need to regroup. <laughs> to regroup? You got, you got any I need to go find some Peter Pan. Get back to my, my roots. Y'all got honey roast? Why not? Uh, <laughs> whatever's free. <laughs> On the March 6th episode of Raw, after Braun Strowman called out Reigns, who came out to confront Undertaker, after Strowman left the ring following a brief stare down with Undertaker, who performed a choke slam on Reigns. This led to a no-holds-barred match between Undertaker and Reigns at WrestleMania 33 on April 2nd. Alrighty. Alright, CM underscore stabs. What you got here, pal? <laughs> I pretty much covered what my notes were <laughs> for the beginning. Yeah, no, yeah. I got you. Yeah. So, uh, the, uh, the I don't I don't like the video package. Uh, it's just it's just there's not really anything to it. Um, the story is very simple for this match. You eliminated me at the Rumble. I guess this is our feud. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? Uh, Jr. is coming out for commentary. Oh yes. Oh God, man. Oh. With Michael Cole and JBL. Michael Cole has to act like he likes Jr. <laughs> when, when he comes up to the table. Got old Jr. He stands up and shakes his hand, and JBL's got that goofy, dumbass smile on his face. Yeah, yeah, you know the one. Yeah. Uh, you've seen the movie. You've seen the movie. Taker dominates this thing early. He says "my yard" twice after he throws Roman out of the ring. I think that's pretty cool. My yard. Does it again. My yard. <laughs> It's just kind of funny. After that, Jesus, man. It's going to become my jar after this, is this gonna, episode. This is, this, is, this is going to be tough for me to get through, so give me a second. Uh, yeah. so, is, this, uh, is this your Kevin Costner moment? No, Man of Steel? it's just because... Um, no, no, no. Maybe at the end. The choke slam on the table doesn't break. I don't think it was supposed to. It was just kind of a spur of the moment kind of thing, it seemed like. Um... Roman gets in the ring for like a count-out attempt, I guess. Uh, Taker sits up outside. This match has a really weird flow to it. Roman Reigns does a ten-count punch. And, of course, he gets the last ride. Kinda. <laughs> I don't really, really know what that was. Roman, I will give him this. He would make a great heel. He is so good in this match sometimes. Uh, right when Taker's setting up to do a big move... Twice Roman Reigns rolls out of the ring 
and gets just a heinous reaction from the crowd. Really entertaining. Uh, how many Superman punches does he give the under... It, it begins to not even... Michael Cole doesn't even get excited anymore. Superman won! Yeah, and after like the seventh one, I'm not kidding, it's at least seven. Uh, it just doesn't even seem to matter anymore. The Hell's Gate, this is the worst Hell's Gate yet, <laughs> by far. He doesn't even have his, his throat or his chin on his leg. He's got his ear. <laughs> Roman looks like he looks like he's napping again. He's like he's using Taker's uh, leg as a pillow. Uh, this is when I absolutely lost my goddamn mind. This is a no-disqualification match, and huh. Roman breaks the Hell's Gate... By grabbing the ropes. <laughs> uh, f- this hasn't happened in a while. I used to bitch about this in WCW, but a rope break shouldn't happen in an ODQ match. Is the referee? The referee broke it too. He broke it. He go. Hey. He does the pat. Mark. Mark. You got it. You got to get up. <laughs> I ain't gonna do it because the, uh, if anyone who knew is listening, I'll make this argument again. The whole point of the rope break is if he doesn't break it, there's a five count. And what happens when the ref gets to the five to the five count? You're disqualified. This is a no disqualification match. Why would he ever break it? The, the, to break the hold, you either have to actually break it, I think, or get out of the ring. Find a way to get out of the ring. So, damn it. So we get a stay down spot from Roman Reigns. Uh, <laughs> you know, my favorite. These are my favorite. Stay down. And then you can see Roman just kind of like, ah, uh, like, bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> just, what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> He's just, which is kind of funny because this is kind of what he was in the match he had with uh, Brock Lesnar at 31. Roman was in a real stay down kind of mode. Yeah. Like on the opposite end. Right. But he wouldn't do it. Undertaker can't sit up. Uh, it's it's really kind of hard to watch that. Uh, oh boy, is this the end of the match? Am I already there? Yeah, Probably. yeah, yeah. Like this is it. Notes. This is it. So Roman, he keeps hitting him with spears. He can't pin him. I believe t- this Taker gets one tombstone. Oh, gl- glad I noticed it. He gets a tombstone, two count. He goes for another tombstone. And I don't really know whose fault this is. Take uh, Roman Reigns tries to reverse it, but he's too high. He's too high on Taker's chest to be able to counter it and lift him. And Taker just kind of just kind of falls. And then they try it again. Yeah. Like, like Taker tries to get up. I <laughs> I remember when you and I watched this, we were like, "This is getting sad." It was sad because the first time I was like, "Okay, that looked like it might have been Roman's fault. He might have been too high." And then the second time, which it wasn't even a second time, it was just they were on the ground already from botching the first time. And Taker tries to jump up with his legs while Roman's standing, yeah. and they just collapse. And it's like, "All right, that that's Taker." Um, so I don't know whose fault it was. The the whole thing, probably both. Roman, after all those spears, he goes for that final uh, spear where he kind of. Gets the momentum off the ropes and Taker's doing the which way did he go kind of thing. It right. looks stupid. I didn't realize it until watching it this time. This was the first time I saw the pinfall. Because I remember when I was watching it with you here last year, uh, I turned my back <laughs> to the TV after that spear because I knew that was it. And I didn't want to see Taker be pinned by Roman Reigns. I just didn't want to see it. Uh, but, and the, the, but I did like the pin at least because it, to, to call back to uh, a previous season... And I'll quote Steve Carino, at least Roman Reigns had the respect to hook his leg. And I was I was happy about that. Was like, at least he hooked his leg. And Roman, he's the big dog. It's his yard, whatever. So he gets out, and um, so now we get Taker. He's, 
it's weird because they show the replays and then they come back to it and Taker all of a sudden has his clothes back on. Makes <laughs> <laughs> it sound like he wrestled it in the nude. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> He's got his jacket on, his gloves on. It's what like, were they doing like, in there? It's like I'm just imagining. All right, Mark, we just hit replays. Put, get, get the clothes on. It's just give me gloves, give me jacket, hat, <laughs> mascara, shit. <laughs> You know what? Give him the peanut butter, too. I don't give a damn. <laughs> and so we come back, and he's got all the clothes on, and there's a moment. I even noticed it back then, but there's a moment it doesn't even look like him. Yeah. You know what I mean? He looks like the underfaker from 94. Yeah. He just, it doesn't look right. And we, so he's got the clothes back on. It's like, all right, so what's the next thing he does? <laughs> well, he takes them off again. He, he takes the gloves off, the jacket. He gets them all nice, prim, and proper. And... Um, I love these kinds of moments in wrestling. It's, it reminds me of uh, Hogan hulking up at 18. Mm-hmm. Austin's uh, basically his, his goodbye at 19. This is what makes grown men cry. Yeah. And and even I got emotional here watching this. Uh, just like we did yeah. last year. Uh, this is a tough moment. Uh, this is, you know, this is the last guy. Yeah. This is the last. Because I started thinking, I was like, well, he's not the last guy from when I was a kid. But he is the last guy from when I was a child. I was yeah. like five, six, sure, you know, and it really seemed like retirement. And he gets up to the stage. He kisses uh, Michelle McCool. I really like the guy who's standing next to her. He, you know, usually we used to make fun of this. How oh god, I have to touch him. I have to touch him. This guy, there is a guy next to her. Right when he kisses Michelle, all he does is he puts his hand on on Undertaker's shoulder and just nods, and then he takes it off. And I was like, it's a little thing, but I thought that was really cool. And Taker, even even a year ago, we were like, "There's no way he's walking all the way up that stage. It's too oh, far." Because I don't, if I'm not mistaken, Charlie, I don't think he entered from. The I don't stage. think he I did think either. He came up and down. In he that entered. Same spot? In, I think. Am I right? I mean, I, I, there might have been a second elevator. I don't think he walked the whole way the first time, but I don't think it's the same thing. Right. I, I think because because he, he goes up to the stage and he throws his arm up, you know, dead man walking, and um, he just stands there, what feels like an eternity. I imagine they were—they might have been late on the elevator, but he starts going down, and I love this. I love this so much because, and if he had added one little detail, it would have been even closer, but he gets the Terminator 2 ending. Yeah. He gets lowered into hell. Right. You know? Right. Because I was, I was, I kind of tricked myself. I was like, does he throw his thumb up? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wouldn't it have been amazing if Taker threw a thumb up right as he was going? Like, middle finger. Middle finger. <laughs> Like, I love that his career ends like the Terminator. I thought that was really cool. Um, and I remember uh, so many people being mad online after this. Oh, yeah. And, and it was just kind of ridiculous to me because I was like, did the match suck? Oh, yeah. But no one's really going to be remembering this match at all. They'll remember how it ended. Yeah, and and that's what's really that's what really worked in the matches was the ending. It's like if, if this retirement sticks, that's what we're going to be talking about, and that is what people are talking about still. Yeah. And this is just a year later. Uh, it should be pointed out this was if this is his final mania. This is WrestleMania 33 marks 17 WrestleManias in a row that he competed in. 17 that is insane. Yeah. Especially going from, I believe he was in his 30s at the beginning of this run, at when he at WrestleMania 17. So, and that's quite a body transformation. So, it's that's incredible. Uh, if if I had to rate the match, 
uh, nah, I'd give it a four. Yeah. All right, um, Jason, go for it, bud. Sure. Let's end this bad boy on a wet fart. Because <laughs> the week of April 2nd of 2017, the number one movie in the U.S. was The Boss Baby. Nominated for an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Right, and Lego Batman wasn't. Taking aside my blind love for Batman, that's fucked up because Lego Batman is a really good movie. Why isn't anybody talking about that? Because Lego Batman was one of the better animated movies last year. It, was, it wasn't was nominated for shit. Right. Looked great. Had a great story. You mm-hmm. don't have to do things alone, even if you're Batman. I thought it was great. It's really clever. Um, yeah. So then uh, we get another repeat in the UK, US, having the same song uh, being the number one. That was Ed Sheeran's The Shape of You. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Not on that Hoser song that you hate that you almost threw there. Up there there will never be a song that I hate more than that <laughs> fucking song. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of that song. I haven't thought about that in months. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for gagging while I'm trying to eat chicken fingers at the bar after we watch Hateful Eight. Like, that song comes on. I'm about to eat a chicken finger. Charlie dry heaves. <laughs> just because of a song. Being on. Didn't I just walk out of the restaurant? No. Oh, I thought I, I, I thought I just walked out. I said I'll be back when the song's over. <laughs> my, I don't know. I was too busy trying to eat bad guy stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> But I am not a fan of the fist cock and pose that Roman does. I've it's, never liked it. The pyro looks off. It doesn't look like it even goes all the way. It goes halfway it, down well, the it, ramp. It goes three quarters of the way, and then it continues on the perimeter of the outside, mm-hmm. but it's a delay. So it's like someone's hit the wrong button. It's like da 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 da. Oops. Boom, 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 and then finishes. If it went all the way through, that'd have been still stupid. Um,. I do take some solace knowing that the guy with long hair who's at ringside for every Raw and pay-per-view has shitty seats for this WrestleMania, so it feels great. <laughs> he's, he's still at the ramp, but he's like eight or nine rows away from the ring. So it's like, aha, take that. Um, I don't know why everybody's so jealous of him. I just want to know how he could force to do it all. Um, I like the it's my yard, it's still my yard spot that Taker does. Uh, it To me, it kind of sets up the stuff. It's like, all right, this is... We've seen Taker throughout this entire run. He's the stoic guy. He's the he's the dead guy. He's the bad guy. And, and then, you know, the one match with Boss Man. And then he's the asshole against Ric Flair. This is the first time where he's, he's the guy trying to defend something. And it was kind of neat. Um, it just... I don't know. You're talking about Taker's appearance... I just want to know if his hat was too small because he had that red mark right where his hat was for like the first 10 minutes of this match. And I think it's gotten us reading this whole ending wrong, Charlie. I hate to rain on your emotion parade where, you know, where he leaves the jacket and the hat in the middle of the ring. I think it's because the jacket was ugly and the hat didn't fit. He's just like, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> well, he I'll, sure folded them really nice. He used to work at a Macy's. (laughs) I am a sandwich artist. He's one of those guys that if you're you're with him at a store and you're like, I don't want this, he'll be like, I want you to take it back. You take that back where you got it. We'll wait. Um, But Cole, 
then says that Undertaker and Roman have only faced off in the Rumble. Apparently, he forgot about those matches that Will mentioned earlier right, right. Uh, as part of the Shield, especially because Undertaker was with Team Hell No for the very first time. The Shield was lost as a team. Um, then we get some JBL, Sounds of Gold. He's, you may have never seen Babe Ruth walk into Yankee Stadium or Joe Montana walk into Candlestick Park. What? Like, I, I don't understand that. Joe Montana only retired in 1994. Most of us are old enough to have seen him walk into Candlestick Park. <laughs> <laughs> people born in 1998 or something. <laughs> Jesus. He always has a line like that. Where he, yeah. he, he, he comes, he's like, you may have never seen it. Shut I, I know where this is going. You're not Jim Ross. Jim Ross knows, though, he knows sports better than you. Yes, he does. Stop. Yeah. And it's also a big gap. I mean, it's not like he's going, you might not have seen Muhammad Ali knock out Joe Frazier. You might not have seen, you know, this. It's like, okay, let's talk about Babe Ruth and let's jump to the 90s. You know, it's like that, <laughs> that doesn't make sense uh, to me at all. Um, when Taker puts Roman through the announce table, that has not been cleared off oh. at all. Because it's like he works on their table. He takes all the, the all the shit off. He takes the thing and then decides to choke slam him through the German announce table. Then he hasn't even bothered to take the little WrestleMania plastic cover off of it yet. And that table is reinforced because it didn't break. And that looked like a pretty fucking strong choke slam. It is tough when it gets to the spot where Taker can't help Roman reverse the tombstone. Yeah. Like, it really is. It's like it, that. Like you're watching it at first. You're like, man, this is a guy trying to go out. This is oh, and I don't want him to. And then you see that, and you're like, it's got to happen. That's I, that's exactly I, what I told Charlie. I was like, he is. This needs to end. This is not yeah. fun to watch. I think that was the, pre the precise moment you and me gave up on the match. Yeah. It was like this is done. It's over. Yeah, I think that's that's where I said too. At that point, it was like when you you have to go put your dog down. Well, like solemn. I was sitting there like we were watching. It was real long, too, because, I mean, like this was WWE making you emotional because you're fucking exhausted. Yeah. It was <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like, And this wasn't even the longest match in the card. Remember, uh, Rollins and Triple H is 25 minutes. This is only 23, I believe. I've already yeah, forgotten about that match. At this point, this is what, 11.50? Yeah. It's, I mean, you've been through so much. What's it going to take for you, the fan, to get through this? Yes. This is the first WrestleMania of the last two days because it ended at 12.02. That's right. Um, so, just say April, WrestleMania 33, April 2nd and 3rd, 2017. But um, just the taker when he does the, the sit-up, like it's a sad moment, and I was trying to put some oh, man. a little bit of laugh to it because when taker sits up and he gets like three-quarters of the way, he looks like a cliche robot, someone trying to do a robot that's powering down because his mouth just gapes open. And he's in mid-pose, falls on his side. And I was like, God almighty. And even, like, I was watching Roman. I went back and watched Taker. Then I went back and watched Roman. Because, you know, super being a professional and doing what you're doing is maintaining the whole thing. But for Rome, Roman's dad was a wrestler. That's like, like what Charlie's saying. That's from being a child. That's when it was the last person as a child. And you're the guy who's going to put him down. That's still got to be heart-wrenching moment. Because you're like, shit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, but Roman hardly it, showed any emotion. Like, that's one of my big complaints with Roman. Um, I think Roman's fantastic as far as the the moves and stuff he uses. I just don't, I don't connect with him at all. Um, no. I think he looks 
emotionless at the wrong times. He makes the wrong choices. Like that shit he'll do, he used to do, he doesn't do that much anymore, but he gets in the corner and he grabs both sides and he starts like shaking his head. He does his I Randy Orton. Yeah. Uh, I don't like his, when he goes to pin people and he's, if he's on his back pinning them and he's got pumping his arm in the air, or if he's doing like a power bomb pin where he's holding them, I just, I don't buy anything, any of that emotional stuff that's supposed to make it. That, that he's supposed to use to connect with me. And this would have been a good time. If I had seen Roman, not the, I'm sorry and I love you, but if he would have just been like, it is time. You know, even if he had just said, it's my dog, I'll put him down from old Geller. I mean, fuck, just something. It looks kind of blank and then does that. I'm going to bounce over here. Just, bounce just, there. just the idea of Roman saying, I'm sorry, I love you. And, and, be, ta and Taker just, what? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, I love you too. Oh, that's fair. Well, goddamn, I know shit on this deck. <laughs> and he bounces and it does. It is. I take her doing the which way did he go? That's not right. That's not right at all. Because it's like, and he just takes that spear, and the crowd's even the crowd's dead. Yeah, for the crowd just knows like, it's coming too. Yep, and it's just like that moment of, uh, of, uh, of mice and men turn around, think of the bunnies, boom, and it's all over, and the crowd kind of boos. Uh. And then they really boo, but not because, ooh, the bad guy, or not because there was a bad guy. It's, I don't think they wanted Roman to be the one that did that. Right. Which Brock's already done it. If Taker would have left after Brock, with, like I said, everyone's standing, everyone's clapping. Yeah. At 30. And this one, it's boom. And then cut to the repeats. Then here's Dress Taker, folds his shit up, leaves it in there, walks a third of the way up, goes down the elevator, which. I don't know if it's the same one, but he did come out because um, I was going to make a joke about thank God Taker didn't have to walk down that whole ramp, <laughs> or it would have ended at like twelve thirty. But it was just—I don't know—like it was real, real emotional because I was tired. Like all my friends that didn't watch wrestling were there with me, and I'm tearing up a little bit. And then uh, Trish goes, "Do you want something else to drink?" And that's really what happened because she thought that alcohol would make me feel better, um, but. Because of the emotional impact, the match sucks, but it's still this lingering thing. And if he stays gone, then this rating will be justified. I, I give this match a seven and a half. Whoa! My God! Whoa! I, just, I feel like I Wait just disappeared. Wait a minute! You have this rated the highest of of all the matches on the show? Yes. Uh. As I'm I sorry. Said, I love you. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> No one's ever said that. Oh, God. By the way, I would like to think that the guy who's standing next to Michelle McCool when Taker comes over is Jack Swagger. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. You said it wrong. Sorry. Put that I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, well, uh... It's like where Will, Will upped the Brock match because of the end. This had... I mean, watching it by myself wasn't nearly as bad, but I remember how I felt the first time. And that's what I'm rating it on. The yeah, first time I got I you, man. No, I do. I, um, I, we had mentioned like my theme, my thing. I was looking out on the show was like the the reasons why people discount these matches. Like, oh, oh, the Brock match wasn't good because Taker was hurt, and it was all. I also hate when people say it's all Brock's fault. And I'm like, well, okay. Um, there, there's sometimes when wrestlers don't protect themselves 100 percent either. I don't put the sole blame on 
on Brock there. Kofi concussed CM Punk in a Royal Rumble match. I don't think Kofi's a... <laughs> I don't necessarily... A botchaholic? Right. right. So, all right. We had mentioned the concussion, the, the ankle with the brain match. Taker looks legit not well. And I think it was the hip, right? He had... Right. He was going to have surgery like in a month Yeah. after this? He had an awful hip. And I think it's a hip replacement. Like, it's something like that, right? Yeah. I don't remember. But I feel like it was... At most extreme, it's hip replacement. If not, whatever. But it... This is dreadful to watch. Like, and, it, and not even just, like, I don't care about the Roman Reigns stuff. Like, I mean, I, I don't I don't like the guy either. I, I really... I look forward to when he's not the top guy anymore. It could be in a couple of days. Man, if that happens, dude. Wouldn't that be something? If that happens, wow. <laughs> Please release the information before the Rumble. <laughs> I hope Daniel Bryan eliminates him tonight. That would be the best. That'd be good payback. It really would be. But anyway, um, all that aside, like you just don't like seeing... I hate seeing guys overstay... I'm not going to say overstay their welcome. I should say stick around too long. Um, it's sort of like the guy who's like yeah, graduated to college well. and then oh, five years oh, after is well. still around. I know. I know. You know? Oh, I know. No, no, but I'm talking well, about we, like... We have a specific example. Who is that again? I don't, I'm not saying it on the air. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a, Did he, Brett, he's Brett Favre himself. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's Kills Meyer. Oh, it's yeah. Killmeister, Killmeister, Killmeister. Drywall, and Declan. Yeah. <laughs> See, I had to write it down. Yeah, it's between me and Will. All right, anyway. <laughs> Big piece of garbage. <laughs> See, this is why I didn't want to say it. I mean, why don't you go chew on a few granola bars and walk around? Stop! <laughs> 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 Would you stop? <laughs> oh, you don't have a job, do you? Oh, that's cute. Anyway, um, no, I'm, hey, I'm all right. Hey, back off. <laughs> the, the not having a job—that's sensitive subject right now. Now, well, uh, yours is not. <laughs> this is different. All right, never mind. You know what? Maybe this guy needs to get down. I'm, I'm, I love you. No, I hate your fucking gut spear. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I want to see somebody do that. <laughs> I love you. I don't. Uh, nah, man. It's um. I, I just. It, it, it this was extremely hard to rewatch. Like it was, uh, um, most of the points have been said. I, I really don't know how much further to go beyond it. I think the setup thing is one of the, it's one of the hardest because we've seen him from WrestleMania seven or, or I don't even I can't remember the first time he I don't know if, did he do it at WrestleMania seven. I don't think Snook ever got I'm, him down. <laughs> but when he was that age doing it, it's like pop up. Right. And now you see this. You come all the way to this, and it's like, oh, shit. Oh, Sarah, Michelle, shit, Jan. <laughs> Which, yeah, Michael Cole actually brings this up at the commentary when Jared says, well, Jared, welcome, and, uh, oh, you know, it's been a rough week for you. Yeah. No, but, uh, and I'm like, fuck, rough, fuck you, pal. <laughs> like, what? You might as well just said, I'm sorry your wife's dead. Yeah, and Jared just kind of, yep. <laughs> he just kind of like does this not like, Cole, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, that seemed like JR's participation in Raw 25. Like, no, King, we're not going to do puppies. No puppies. That was great. No, 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 no. No. Uh, but all right, I'm just going to cut to the ending here. Um, the, uh, I, 
<laughs> so I was just had a thought. Uh, when he tombstones Roman Reigns, uh, and he gets that two count, I, I said this to you earlier, that thing Undertaker does with his hand I thought was great. He just, whoa! whoa. <laughs> he like holds his hand up like right next to his face. Just, Wait, uh, what? He kicked out of the tombstone? It's, you gotta be shit. Get, it happens all the time. <laughs> Especially on this show. <laughs> Literally, all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, I... The ending moment is is another one of these iconic things, and I think that's kind of become the problem post WrestleMania 30 with a lot of wrestlers and how they're booked. Um, my rating of this match is a three. I don't like oh. it. I, I can't. I and I I, I get where you, I, I Jason. I completely understand where you're coming from on it. It's it's just hard to. I, I give Roman Reigns a ton of credit. Because he had to carry him. He really did. He had to carry The Undertaker. Um, and we've seen The Undertaker really elevate younger stars. You know, it was difficult. I mean, I don't know how much elevating he, he really did, but I, I do give Reigns a lot of credit for it. I just think that it's a match that shouldn't have happened. It didn't need to happen because clearly this guy was not ready to go. I hate that they even went as far as to do it. And. It shows in the match. Like they weren't able to, I think, to have as good a match as they possibly could have. So you know, um, I will. I will say though. I mean, like I'll never forget that ending. I never will. It's just, um, I just can't get over just all the things leading up to it. It's one of those things where that that couldn't outweigh it this time for me. And it seems weird because I said it for thirty. It's like okay, I can get over a lot of the stuff in thirty because of the and because of the ending. It's like well. I just didn't have as much luck here, so I'm giving I give it a three. So let's 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 um let's do this now. So post that match, of course, everybody assumes the Undertaker's retired. Rightfully so. Uh, it's uh, the most visual metaphor ever for retirement in wrestling is when you leave your shit in the ring, especially your boots. In this uh, case, he Austin left, should have left his knee brace. In this case, Austin or I'm sorry, Undertaker left everything but his boots in the ring. So I don't know. It'd be great if he took his you know, <laughs> off, took his pants off. <laughs> <laughs> Took his socks dun, off. Dun 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 dun. Man, I know now why you cry, but uh, it's something dead man ain't never gonna do. Uh, <laughs> all right, so the um, but a lot of speculation really started to pick up because it was sometime either mid to late last year where Jerry Lawler was like, man, I saw. Yep. I saw The Undertaker, and that doesn't look like a guy who's in the kind of shape of someone who's going to retire. So it um, it uh, it started to create this speculation. I think there was a few pictures. I think there been there had been a few pictures that circulated. Is that right? I'm trying to remember if they were from 2017. The Undertaker was spotted at the airport. They were spotted at the gym. He was at the library reading Mein Kampf. I don't know. Just... Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Is he hanging out with the Harris brothers? I don't know. You've done it now. They always spot him, and they always say, this has been going on for three or four years. That's why I said that. They'll spot him, and they'll always say, oh, he looks great. He's got another five years. Like, oh, I hope not. I can't remember if Jim Jim Ross then also chimed in, and this is just his opinion. He thought he would do it again. He would wrestle again. Mm Mm-hmm. So all this is building up, and then it was what? How long ago did they announce he was going to be at Raw 25? Was it a month ago? Yeah. I don't it's remember. like the week before Christmas, I think. Okay, they said Undertaker's going to be at Raw 25. Awesome. And, of course, like leading into Raw 25, which is now only a week old, everybody and their dog from every era was going to be there, it seemed like. 
And the show is what it is. I mean, like, overall, we, I, I mean, I'll just say I think it was a, a very disappointing show. Well, what was it? I think Brett had a chiropractor appointment. <laughs> he had yeah. some doctor's appointment and he couldn't move. Oh, I'm so sorry. It meant I'm a lot. I'm getting my kidney replaced with another one. I'm getting brain surgery. I'll, I'll be gone. <laughs> Brett had a chiropractor appointment. Kevin Nash couldn't fit on a plane. Um, because he couldn't stretch out because he just had a knee replacement. Oh, so, really? Yeah, and so that's why he couldn't drive. He couldn't drive because he said he couldn't ride and he couldn't get on the plane because there wouldn't have been a way, a way for him to do it least. You know, you're Kevin Nash. I think Triple H might have sent the private jet to pick you up. If it was that big a deal, you'd think. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so we'll skip to what's important in regards to our season of this show. So it's like, okay, what's Taker going to do? We talked about it last episode. We're like, oh, Martin had some great <laughs> ideas. Funny. You had some great ideas. Everybody had great ideas about it, whether it's Cena, whether it's Sting, the different things they could do. And every time we do this, every single time we think about a cool idea they could do with The Undertaker, they never do it. No. They never do it. We had it. all these great ideas, and they had no idea. Jason, uh, uh, two years ago, you had mentioned like the way to end Undertaker's. He wins the belt at Mania, the gong goes off, and then he disappears and the belt's left in the ring and that's it. He's gone. Yep. Would have been great. No way. Never going to do it. It seems like. That's, that is a great idea. Yeah. Uh, it was so... There, uh, there have been a multitude of great ideas. And because what was the number one thing we talked about? Okay, how are they going to address... Th I know we're focusing oh, on it. How are they going to address no, the jacket and the hat? Because... I didn't like it. You know, like, mm -hmm. and so how do they do it? Well, he's just going to come out in another entrance. He's going to, his, his, his 29 gear. Yeah. Yeah, or his 28 gear or whatever. He comes out at the Manhattan Center and shows poor bastards. I feel so bad for Reef people who bought tickets. bullshit. Yeah. I feel so bad for them. Jerry Lawler came out also and said he wasn't sleeping. Did you read that? Oh, no, huh? He said, uh, he said, JR. The chair. I thought this was weird. He said, JR is looking down because he likes to text a lot. I'm like, really? He's allowed to text on the job. <laughs> during the broadcast. Okay. And Jerry Lawler uh, said that the monitors were really low on the table. So it's just, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't buy it at all. I really don't. Yeah. So Taker comes out and it's like, okay, so the, the, visual, the visual appeal is lost because he's like, oh, he's just coming out like this. They didn't turn the lights off, did they? No, he just kind of walked out. How are you doing? He gets in the ring. He does not look really interested in being there at all. You think overall he looked in good shape? I asked you this yes. on the phone. Jason, do you think so? He looked in good shape. I mean, you couldn't tell because of the cloak. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Like, I was, it was tough. I thought he looked good enough. Yeah. He gets on the mic and he's just typical Undertaker promo. Like, it's weird. Like, he doesn't. I, if I correct me if I'm wrong, he does not acknowledge the Roman Reigns loss. Nope. Doesn't say anything about it. He builds up to this. He he just talks like just in character, same old kind of ambiguous, metaphorical dead man stuff. Well, he starts listing off wrestlers. He lists off three wrestlers. That, uh, yeah, yeah. We remember because we were like, who's Stone the Cold? Uh, Trip Sean, Mankind, Man, or no, Mick, well, Mick Foley's Kane. Okay, yeah. It was it was like, okay, all right. It was twenty years ago, and he says now they can finally rest in peace. Isn't that right? Uh, Austin's yeah. been resting in peace for about 14 years. Right. Yeah. He's, is he dead? No, he, his career. Oh, okay. Okay, see. All right. I, okay, Fabe, I, I didn't decide. <laughs> hey, babe, you God sold me. It. Was it a work? God damn it. What, was what, it not? What? Was it a shoot? <laughs> was it a shoot? Montreal. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> My, oh, God. 
By the way, that Austin backstage promo is fantastic. Shotgun it's Saturday a, Night Austin. Yeah, it's an angry, angry Austin. That's and the only question you got. I fly all the way up here. You got one question for the rattlesnake? Mike. Mike. <laughs> What's your name? What? Mike. <laughs> all right, but um, he, he leads, he builds up, he builds up, he builds up, and he says... I think he... I th- he looked legit pissed when the audience started chanting one more match. Yeah, he was. He just says they can rest in peace. That's then, his close, isn't it? What? Yeah, I, I, I am think. I mistaken? I'm just. If I'm wrong, tell me. If, the, if Jason, is there anything else from this from that promo? Like, I believe the ending is he says they can rest in peace, right? All the vict- I think it's all the victims or all the opponents can rest in peace. Yeah. And- you hear all the, I don't know if it's where you're going, but you hear the people, like you were talking about, we got to defend, it's a bad taker promo, which really is a normal taker promo, if you think about it. Yeah. And people were saying, oh, he was thrown off because the the size of the Manhattan Center. Bullshit. Didn't what is this? Are you serious? 26, 26 years of this guy's life that we've covered, not counting the other previous years that before that he was on WrestleMania, before he was in the WWF, and this guy's going to get thrown off because he's in a small venue. Right. Uh, I don't... I know there was also speculation. I loved the people on Twitter that were instantly like, okay, well, this is fine, because he's gonna. they're going to bring him to the Barclays Center, and he's going to show right. up at the That's end of the... That's what I thought was going to happen. Which yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, and I believed it too. And and no, that didn't happen. Um, and so, yeah, I... I, I, I lo- and then Jim Ross... He comes up, and he tries to like save it, and he makes it worse by going, was that a warning? What was that? Damn shit. <laughs> what was it? Shit. But whose side is he on? JBL calls everybody and goes, that was the greatest man I've ever been in the ring with. Can you relay that information that I said that to you and, and say that on, on the air? <laughs> I mean, when I heard Jim Ross, I was like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. This isn't making it better. And, yeah, I... Oh, my God. Because it... You had all the opportunity to do something, and now here's the thing: I'm st- I'm stupid wrestling fan over there. I'm waiting for something to happen tonight. Now at the Royal Rumble, I am I'm too. waiting for something to happen. The lights go out when Cena's in the ring in the Rumble, and then poof, here's the Undertaker. This is, this is what we're conditioned to think. Yep, exactly. Because like, we we were talking about this on the phone. I just want them to say it's over. Yes. Okay. Because because we're what would it take? we're conditioned what would it take? as wrestling fans. To, to always think that there's something else, because we were talking about we, we we also mentioned Austin in this. Yeah, you know, th- there's still that glimmer of hope with him, kind of, and it's like, uh, you know, it, but with Taker, it's worse. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, Raw 25 just happened to be right before the Rumble, which leads into Mania, and yeah, you're gonna have Taker come out in because con- we were wondering if he was even gonna come out in character. Right. Yeah, he right. comes out in character. We're yes. Like, okay, this has got to be leading to something. No, it's not. Well, what about the Rumble? Like, what about all these people saying that, that he's in great shape? I honestly don't know what it would take at this point, other than for him to say, "That's it, I'm done." He has to break character. He has, or have that match that I pitched with him and Stinger, him and Cena, where whoever wins, we both retire. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Something I, I don't know. I. It's frustrating at this point now. If he doesn't match with Cena, it's going to be the same match he did with Roman. They better do something different. Also, another reason that makes me think he might have a match at this Mania, he's not being inducted this year. It's true. They usually induct at the year after you retire. Right. So, I, I don't know. It's just it's a roller coaster that I don't care to be on, basically. That is exactly how I've, I don't want to go through this. Yeah. I don't want to feel like some like like bitchy fan here or whatever. No, but, it just, but it, like, when you... I, 
I was like five or six when I first got into wrestling, and he was there. Everyone else that I loved is gone. They've all left or they've died. And then there's Undertaker, and he's and he doesn't get worse every year, but he's clearly not in his prime, right. and he's clearly doing it for other reasons, like other than just to have a great match. Right. And him losing doesn't make it doesn't make the guy a star. Yeah. Roman Reigns beating him doesn't matter. It didn't really do anything for him. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because now we, we can talk about this because we talk about with Brock, it that they did something with it. Mm-hmm. And they're still doing something with it, really. Like they have built on that beautifully, to where like he is, he is the monster, and he will be slain probably by Roman, which sucks. But let's talk about Roman. Post that the he did an amazing job with that two word promo after Mania, where he just said my yard, or he says my yard now. So I think isn't that right? It's my yard. That's, that that yeah, is okay. the best thing he has ever done. It was perfect. It, that crowd was so hot. Him. I don't know who coached him. Perfect. And he had that Perfect. smirk on his face. Yeah. Oh, man. And then, like, the week after, it's like, forgot. I'm him. a face again. I'm a face. Like, dude, and then you they, had something. And they threw him with a shield to where now we have to cheer for him because we like the group. But the moment he spears somebody and he's not in the shield, it's like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. So, it didn't and, do anything. And he just lost the Intercontinental title last Monday to the Miz. So, I'm like, what did that What did that win do for him? Right. Nothing. So he he beat the Undertaker a year ago, but he couldn't beat the Miz on Raw. Not to put the Miz down or anything, right? But it it, it looks a little weird that that would happen. I have a I have a scenario like something to build with this. This is something I where they might be going because they're seeming to build like we since everyone says the night after WrestleMania last year it was written in cement. Taker will face Brock Lesnar. I'm not Taker. Sorry, Roman will face Brock Lesnar at this WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. What if the Undertaker shows up and just throws himself in the match against the two people that have beat him? Yeah. Yeah. I've I've actually heard not not necessarily That is awesome. Not I, I like that. I've heard the idea of Undertaker versus Brock and Roman in a triple threat, but not Holy and, fuck, I love yeah, that. The, the only two guys that beat me. Yeah. Oh but, my god, that's great. Holy cuz I mean, well I mean and and now like I instantly think oh he's going to lose still. So what's the problem? But not if he wins that belt and it just it, it shows Kiesler, Kiesler, But like like I said, the WWE has a real problem with this shit. Like, so they've pretty much removed the memory of CM Punk, right? Mm-hmm. It's On Raw 25, they show three different images of him throughout the night, and one of them is during the best Raw moments of all time. Thing, and they and and the crowd erupted mm-hmm. with the pipe bomb, uh, the picture of the pipe bomb promo, and it's like. Is he gone or not? Right. You know, is this these little these little nuggets, and, and it sucks mm-hmm. because you know he's not getting any younger. No. All right. Oh, um, that being said, all right, Charlie, do let's let's. I've got it. Yep. Go ahead. Okay, uh, Jason, you have this at the highest with a six point a six point five a six. Fuck. I have this at the lowest. Fuck. Five. (laughs) Bang. I have this at the lowest where it belongs at a five. Will is almost in the middle, but not quite at a 5.25. We give this show a 5.6 because of you. (laughs) Two matches. Two matches at least a seven. What the hell? Anyway. So... Oh, everything all right? No, 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 no. That was awesome. Um, you on call, fireman? No, no. <laughs> call, fireman. And you get out of your way. No. <laughs> you want to run through this as fast okay. as we can? So yeah, all right. We're gonna go through now. 
we're gonna rank. We've ranked the Taker matches from this season. Let's start with the worst, go to the best, obviously. Yeah, we and to clarify, we've ranked them individually. This isn't an overall podcast review. This is just us as is. Yeah. And this isn't a final ranking for me personally, but this is the best I could come up with in about an hour. So, and to clarify, <laughs> I, I'm going to run through this as quick as I can. All right. Starting from worst to best, the worst Undertaker match at number 25 is from WrestleMania 15 with the Big Boss Man. 24, WrestleMania 11, King Kong Bundy. 23, WrestleMania 22, Mark Henry. <laughs> That's all. Awesome. 22, WrestleMania 9, Giant Gonzalez. 21, Big Sh- is number 19, WrestleMania 19, Big Show and A-Train. 20 is WrestleMania 20, Kane 2. <laughs> 19, WrestleMania 32, Roman Reigns. 18, Number 30, uh, WrestleMania 31 with Bray Wyatt. 17, WrestleMania 30, Brock Lesnar. 16, WrestleMania 13, Psycho Sid. 15, WrestleMania 7 with Jimmy Snuka. 14, WrestleMania 32, Shane McMahon. 13, WrestleMania 17, Triple H 1. Number 12 is WrestleMania 21, Randy Orton. Number 11 is WrestleMania 12, Diesel. Number 10, WrestleMania 14, Kane 1. Number 9, <laughs> WrestleMania 23, Batista. Number 8, WrestleMania 29, CM Punk. Number 7, WrestleMania 26, Shawn Michaels. 2. Number 6, WrestleMania 8, Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, and my top 5. <clears throat> Number 5, WrestleMania 27, Triple H 2. Number 4, WrestleMania 24, Edge. Number three, WrestleMania 28, Triple H 3. Number two, WrestleMania X8, Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Wait, I'm glad you clarified. I thought it was Buddy Rogers. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) WrestleMania 20, fuck, you fucked me up. Number one, WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels 1. Jason, what is your uh, list? Well, I'm still trying to decode all the numbers that Charlie just said. So I'm a little... I was trying. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's U571 funny. over here. <laughs> let's see how good you fuckers do. Okay. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, you want to see? Is that what you want to see? That's what I want to see. You really want to jump? Do you want to? Bon Jovi's playing a Russian. Yeah. Um, good fucking luck. All right. Let's do this. Gonna leave off the numbers. I'm just gonna name the opponents. I that I think that'll make it a little bit easier. From worst to best, Boss Man, Bundy, Mark Henry, Giant Gonzalez, Show Train, Kane wow. Two, Jake the Snake, <laughs> oh. Nuka, Diesel, Sid, Bray, Brock, Kane One, Shane. Triple H1, Batista, Orton, Roman, Edge, Flair, Triple H3, Triple H2, HBK1, HBK2, and Punk is number one. What makes you so mad about that? Look at you. I'm mad about everything. You're just mad. I'm just mad. I just want to end. (laughs) (laughs) Stay down. I was the fucking guinea pig for this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Charlie. I appreciate your service. Thanks a lot. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, I'm right there. No. At the bottom for me is WrestleMania 33 against Roman Reigns. <laughs> Coming up next, WrestleMania 15 versus the Big Boss Man. WrestleMania 11 versus uh, King Kong Bundy. WrestleMania 22 versus Mark Henry. WrestleMania 9 versus uh, Giant Gonzalez. WrestleMania 7, Snuka. WrestleMania 8, Jake the Snake Roberts. WrestleMania 12, Diesel. WrestleMania 30, Brock. WrestleMania 19, uh, the show train, big show, A train. You get the idea. You've seen the movie. <laughs> and WrestleMania 31, uh, Bray Wyatt, 32, Shane, 13, Sid, 26, <laughs> Sean, 2. I still don't like It's all right. Whatever. It's in my top 10. 21 against Randy Orton, 23, Batista, 14, Kane, 1, 17, Triple H, 1. 27, Triple H2. 28, Triple H3. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> All right. Uh, WrestleMania 8, or X8, Ric Flair. WrestleMania 24, Edge. WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels won. And WrestleMania 29 is my number one with CM Punk. I, I wrestled with this. I wanted to put 25, and I was like, I just loved rewatching the 29. I loved the energy. That mo that moment does a lot for me. That, yeah, yeah it's great. That is yeah. awesome. And just the way he pushes an out-of-shape Undertaker to really do something really special, that's why it's my number one. All right. What's the matter? Are you still upset? What's the matter? Are you still upset? Now, Charlie, did you write everyone's list down? Fuck no. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know how long that would take? I'll be honest though, Jason. Uh, our first like five from twenty-five to like nineteen or yeah, so I, were the same. Yeah, big, the exact the same. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, th I. I honestly think, like, what's interesting is I think our top, like, tens overall are the same, and our bottom, like, ten are nearly Except the same. Except for the Jake Roberts match. I love, I don't know right, why right. that you guys are shit on such a great match. Well, no, uh, it's, it's... That match is incredible. No, no, I, I think a lot of it's, like, you have so many great ones that come after it. This is why it, unfortunately... You put Brock ahead of it. You put Brock ahead of the streak ending is the, the streak. It's the moment. See, we we had this discussion I too. Know, the I know. match isn't necessarily great, and I didn't think the match the was moment. as bad as I remembered it being. It is slow. It is. It feels like it's still going right now. It does. <laughs> it lingers. <laughs> but they have to over. It'd <laughs> be great. If it was, I know. That was really nice. I know. Rest in peace, uh, lady. That was pretty fucking sad. Um. Overall, though, like, Jason, I want you to start off. I just want you to give, like, a, as a nice closing statement on season four for yourself and try and keep it as efficient as possible. That's for all of us. I'm glad it's over because it was a tremendous emotional ride these last little bits from a super high to a super low. Um, it's a great example of what wrestling could be. Not just a bunch of dudes fighting each other, but the way it connects and brings out emotional stuff. Um, not saying I didn't like it, but again, glad it's over. Chuck, how about you, man? Uh, it, I'll say it was very interesting to... Basically, we covered a career. It's basically what we did. I mean, we reviewed the Mania matches, but we also talked about the in-between stuff. And we got to see the evolution, the complete evolution of a character 
from beginning to basically the end. Um, this the season was just as much fun as I thought it would be. It was the easiest season I think we've done. Yeah, you know, it was like I actually really looked forward to watching these matches. Yeah, and they're just as good, if not better, than I remember. And you really get a full gamut of quality in terms of matches. You get classics, like just out and out classics. You get brawls. You get stuff that sucks. I mean, it really goes all over the place. And it's a the, another thing too. It allowed us to talk about wrestlers that some of which we might not ever talk about again. That's a real possibility. It, it is a, a, like a rogues gallery of, of guys that we were able to discuss on the show. This is as uh, as current as we've ever gotten. Yeah. On what's basically a retro themed wrestling podcast. Um, I'm honestly kind of sad it's over. Uh, I mean, it's not that I want more Undertaker matches or anything, but it's 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 been an interesting it's been an interesting trip. Um, it's getting a little samey. Get, well, I don't know. If, <laughs> it's time for the. I don't know about that. <laughs> Last time that came out, uh, I don't know if um, it's worn out its welcome. I don't think that. Uh, we got to see all of his costumes, all of his songs. <laughs> yeah, just just really cool. WWE's production as a whole, the, yeah. the, the evolution of that. You know, seeing him do a WrestleMania at Caesar's Palace, you know, and then seeing him do it in front of a hundred thousand people. Yeah, it was it was it was great. That's probably been my favorite season yet. Of course, we we knew like when we when we when we charted this out, we're like it's going to be this one episode where it's going to be the best, and it actually ended up being two because the one before that too was the Batistas, the the Orton, the Edge, mm-hmm. Mark. Henry. But we knew the the previous. Oh episode. Oh my god! And and I, I'm I'm really appreciative what people have said about it. Like we had a great time doing it, and I'm glad it sounded that way. Um, overall, like it was it, it was a great trek back towards you know because it's right when I started watching wrestlers when the Undertaker came. And it was neat. It was neat to go through basically my entire, you know, mine too, era of watching wrestling. And at the same time, like it's sad. It's sad because they. I feel like they missed out on so many things that we've talked about already. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but never acknowledging what the streak meant to the Undertaker kind of sucks. I think it's disser- it's a disservice to him. Never. Really, like with the exception of Shane dropping that awesome line, like your legacy died when you lost. Like there, there was never really that 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 acknowledgement of the loss and how it really affected him. He just came, he just comes back, like nothing happened, and that's exactly what happened last Monday. He just, all right, well, everyone can kind of rest in peace. I don't know, fuck yourselves. I'm going to it's, Shoney's or something. Yeah, that's like the one thing we forgive him for is the one thing that we condemn Cena for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nothing bothers me. Yes, not a thing. Right. And like, how many times has Roman Reigns beat him now? It's like three times. Yeah. It's insane how many times he's beaten John Cena. Like, nobody's really done that. Right. Um, I don't understand, like, I, I, why he keeps coming back. It, and it could, be an, it could be one or a combination of things. Clearly, it's somebody who loves the business. Number two, uh, is it somebody who needs to pay some bills? I get, no. And number three, maybe they're just throwing such a massive amount of, of, of money at him. It's just like, all right, I'll do this. I'm sure they are. But I, it, it needs to end because this is—it's really becoming tragic. It is like watching, it is like watching a lot. It's so ironic how we, what his that little bit they did with him in that thirty for thirty. Yeah. 
because he's becoming he talks that player. About the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, and now it's happening to him. He's becoming that guy. He's like, you're still around, and like, it's not like we don't want it's you. Not that I don't want you to go, but but you need to. And that's the thing. Like, I'm kind of left with at the end. Like, and now, like, he's just descent. They they've cut the Undertaker down to just moments. It's not even matches. It's just moments. Well, his whole career, like, like use Bret Hart for an example. His whole career revolves around the the Montreal screw job. There is a career of greatness that surrounds that one event. It's just, that's the thing that everyone thinks of now. Mm-hmm. Because he's made such a big deal out of it, he won't shut up about it. WWE has. Undertaker has a, has a great career outside of WrestleMania matches. And that would, be in, that would be interesting to talk about sometime. But he will be remembered for WrestleMania. Right. And and that's that's going to be his legacy. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll give him this, it's a hell of a legacy. Yeah. But there is so much more to his, his, uh, his storylines, his matches. Yeah. So, the Boiler Room Brawl. I mean, my God. I heard an interview, and it's you've heard it by this point at the head of the show. I heard. I can't remember when this was. He said his two favorite opponents. I think this was before he re-peaked. He peaked again in the 2000s. He actually said Mick Foley and Bret Hart were his two favorite opponents. I don't get the Bret Hart one. He said, well, his reasoning was he was like he brought out stuff in me that nobody else could. Well, there is that like, one right match on, that they have that I completely forgot about that I need to revisit. I believe they fought for the title at Royal Rumble '96. See, that's the only other match I can yeah. think of. Yeah, and, and I don't, I don't care for the SummerSlam match. Yeah. They just had weird chemistry. But yeah, it's a, uh, he's a fascinating dude, man. He is a fascinating dude. It's just, it, there is a point where, it, God dang it, man, just. But I want it to let be. Him go. I don't, but I don't want he him to deserve just... something. He deserves a cool ending, too. Right. If you're going to give a cool ending to Ric Flair and to Shawn Michaels, Undertaker absolutely deserves one. And yeah. I don't want him to just walk away or disappear. I want him to... I'm going to have one more match, and this is it. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And and Because that's that's what he deserves. I want him... To, it's probably, it might not be a great match or anything, but he deserves something better than what he, what he got. And just let him... Be like, can he just not do the dead man thing for a minute and just talk like be like a person? Yeah, because uh, like find a middle ground between the dead man and the American badass. We've gotten to the point in wrestling now where you know uh, he's the last gimmick around. I well, I thought that was interesting when we were talking about the Bray Wyatt stuff because I was like, that happened. I was like, that sounds very 1992. Yeah, 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 Papa Shango type stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. But I'll say this, though. His character is the one character that has been able to adapt in every single era. He has. That is incredible. Yeah, he, has. he has. How do you do that with that goofy of a character? Yeah. He was the right guy to play it. It was the right character. All right. So that's, that kind of puts that closes the book on it on season four here. So now, naturally, the question is now, well, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do? What do you got, pal? What do you got? What do you got? Well, um... The name of the show when we first started was the New Blood Rising podcast, based on the New Blood Rising or the New Blood faction. The New Blood faction in the era, yeah, of mm-hmm. of the the nearly the the end of WCW. So we thought it'd be kind of interesting to kind of get back to roots, so to speak. So <laughs> season five is going. We are going to start at the Great American Bash, nineteen ninety. When Sting wins the belt from Ric Flair, and we are going to run all the way up until the very first Hulk Hogan pay-per-view, which is Bash at the Beach '94 against Ric Flair. Yeah, it's effectively, if, you know, effectively we're calling this from Sting to Hogan, the WCW years. It's going to be a ton of fun because yeah. I know for Jason, this is in his wheelhouse. I haven't as seen a wrestling fan, right? Yes, I loved WCW. 
during this time a lot more than WWF. We did a we when we watched we got a little sneak peek of this thing when we watched well, that show a, was great. What was that? It was uh, Re- it was Wrestle War '92. Oh, it was awesome! Excellent oh, it got me so show. excited. Like yeah. that's when I really got excited to do this show. And and this is a really interesting circumstance too. I like the idea of calling it from Sting to Hogan because I don't know if this has happened since. Well, maybe in TNA, but where the number one guy in the company is number one, but he's unseated simply because there's a bigger star that comes in. Yeah. Not because a bigger star that's homegrown right. you know, outlasts him or something. Right. And, and yeah, that's WCW changed forever. Yeah. With that one instance. So I'm pumped. I think it's going to be a lot it's gonna be a lot of fun. Stunning to, Steve Austin? Oh yeah, there's gonna be a lot of guys who are like, hey, that guy's gonna be something someday. So Um oh, Wow, that's it, huh? That is I that, think, that is it. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, season five, we have, we will announce when the first episode of that is coming out. It'll probably be a little bit of time. We got to get some stuff ready for that ourselves. Probably on our three-year anniversary. Yeah, it could be. That'd be fitting. Yeah. So, um, WCW. In the meantime, of course, you know you can still uh, continue our the conversations on Twitter at New Blood Pod. We're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. Um, I myself, I'm at William Rankin eighty three. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. And I am at CM underscore Stabs. We'll see you all in the future for Season 5 from Sting to Hogan. Thanks for staying with us for... What? What was that? Hey, where it all begins again. (laughs) Declan and drywall (laughs) and Killmeister. (laughs) We're holding all the babies. (laughs) (laughs) Like Naked Gun 3. We just got nothing but babies. But thank you all for uh, checking out Season 4 with us. And if you're new to the podcast, go back. And I'll encourage you this. On iTunes, some of the old episodes have been cut off because we just got too damn many. <laughs> but if you go, if you download the Podbean app, you can, get all of our, you can get all of our episodes. If you have an Android phone, pretty much any podcatcher will get you our episodes. I use Podcast Addict. It's great. Great app for it. So um, just bear that in mind. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening.